Howard Stern. Whatever. Get out of here. Hello there. This is William Shatner. And it just so happens that my new book, Boldly Go, Reflections on a Life of Awe and Wonder, is available. And this is the Great American Nightmare. Yeah, that's the real... William Shatner doing this beautiful version of Great American Nightmare. Stand by to beam us up. Beam us up. Stand by to beam us up. Beam us up. Yeah. Down from Planet X. Certain blue ghosts in the devil's head. Step right up and feel the fire. Hardcore love of the never dead. Call me the American nightmare. Call me the American dream. Call me your soul corrupted. Call me everything you need. He is good. That's the real William Shatner, Robin. The real William Shatner. He recorded this in space when he was up there with Jeff Bezos' rocket ship. Oh, that's why all the echoing? Yeah. <laughs> he, um, he really is good. I mean, I'm, I'm listening to his interpretation of this song, and I like what he's doing with it. He almost comes off like a scary monster. Yeah, it was an interesting take. By the way, um, he was out promoting his new book, Boldly Go, Reflections on a Life of Awe and Wonder, Boldly Go, by William Shatner. And we said to him, Bill, will you record Great American Nightmare? And he said, absolutely. Really? You're telling me that's the real with a check mark, Bill Yeah. Shatner. That's the real Bill Shatner. Now, here's a bit of trivia. He did not want to sing the lyric, Motherfucker. But what he did instead was he laughed maniacally, as you uh-huh. could uh, hear. That was why he went, hmm, ha, 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 Very good. Very good. Well, I think all of us should take that and run with it. Instead of saying, yeah. Motherfucker, we'll just go, hmm, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> My pretty. <laughs> hey I didn't know that Hey-o. Bill would not say the word motherfucker. And, um, you know, as an actor, again, actors are supposed to take on a character and do what the character would do. Not well, what they would do. Our show is hardly acting, if you know what I mean. So. Well, he considers himself an actor, so I always wonder when actors say, I can't say that. Well, you're not supposed to be saying it. Your character's saying it. Well, in this case, he was singing as Bill Shatner, so he didn't. Uh, this was not a character. You can certainly okay. understand. And the character Bill Shatner doesn't say this. William Shatner is 91 years old, my friends. That's amazing. And will turn 92 in March. So there you go. Amazing. Uh, amazing. Guys really with it and uh, writing books still and out there doing promotion and 
full Swinging. of energy, obviously, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was funny because last night I was watching that new uh, Sylvester Stallone. How is that? I like the first episode. There's, you know, they're giving you one episode at a time. So I saw. What is that air on? Uh, Paramount Plus. They're coming on strong. I'll tell you um, who's really coming on strong is HBO. I watch um, Pennyworth, the origin story of Alfred, the Batman's um, uh, uh, butler. I thought you Boy, didn't I, like that. I told I you love about it. that a couple of years ago. Said, I know. Ah. I knew I had seen that. I don't know. I'm loving it. And I'm watching Titans, of course, the new season, yes. which is fantastic. I had forgotten about Titans. You know how you say, you know, all these streaming services, you'll start to watch something and then you forget you're watching it. Yeah, I got some kind of a prompt this weekend and saw that, oh, my God, I never finished watching the season of Titans I was watching. Yeah, well, I mention HBO because I have a bit of an announcement to make that I'm very excited about and I've been working very hard on and uh, hard on. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, uh, (laughs) okay, Beavis, (laughs) you said hard on. (laughs) Um, I have an announcement that I think will shake the industry. I um, am Fred, a big uh, drum roll or some sort of sound of happiness maybe mixed in with the drum roll. If you could do that, you know, the sound of happiness. There it is. Oh, God, I hate that sound of happiness. I love it. I love the sound of happiness. So, uh, you know, I've been feeling that. This interview that occurred with Bruce Springsteen was so special, and I've heard from so many people that they love it. And uh, right after the interview with Bruce Springsteen, I said to myself, it's a real shame that uh, I know, listen, I know we're on Sirius XM, and I know many people in our universe are going to see this on the app. Uh, But I was like, oh, I just wish this could go everywhere, even have wider distribution And uh, I was thinking about it and really uh, I've been in touch with so many people at our company and trying to work this out. But I've worked it out and uh, and and got a lot of help from people. I don't know if they want their names mentioned or what. But the bottom line is the Bruce Springsteen uh, interview will debut on HBO on Sunday night, November 27th. Right after. Yes. Yes. And. Uh, right after the premiere of uh, White Lotus, which is a great nice. program for HBO. Yes. yes. So that's going to be Thanksgiving. And wow. I know a lot of people in our universe who, you know, subscribe to the channels and the, and Sirius XM, they can see it on the app. But, uh, this is so that a wider audience will see this really what I consider an unusual moment between myself and Bruce Springsteen. And I think people will love it. And um, and now everyone uh, uh, has the announcement. There it is. I wanted that's, to make the announcement. That's so great. And it's a Thanksgiving. It's your gift to America. It's my gift. That's right. On remember Thanksgiving. <laughs> remember a bunch of Thanksgivings ago, uh, I uh, gave the gift of handing out Sirius uh, uh, satellite radios. Yes. Instead of turkeys, when we went down to, I don't know where the hell we were. We were somewhere. Where were we that time? Yeah. Somewhere. We were somewhere in Manhattan handing out radios instead of turkeys. But, um, here you go. So I'm really excited about this being on HBO. 
HBO has been a premier location, especially with like the Bill Maher show and uh, all the comedy specials they've done. And uh, I just feel like more people will see it now. And that's what I was after. And Bruce Springsteen being the gracious guy he is, I called him up and I said, Bruce, I have a dream. I have a dream. I have a dream. I have a dream. (laughs) And he said, what's your dream? I said, I would love to see this be on HBO. I've been talking with them. How do you feel about it? And he goes, do it. Get it done. So I said, you know, the thing that struck me again is that the guy's his own man. Me, someone asked me to do something. I immediately call my agent and go, am I going to do this? He didn't call anybody. I just Mm -hmm. called him up and I said, Bruce, how do you feel if I approach HBO with this idea, and he said, go ahead, you have my blessing. That's what I was going to ask you. No people involved? Nope. He just wow. made his own decision. He was Amazing. just like, yeah, I had a good time, go do it. How do you get to be that? Just do it! I'm, not, I'm too much of a worm to do that. I, <laughs> here's what happens to me. Somebody calls up and says, we want you to do something, whether it's... Uh, appear somewhere or you know do anything uh, make a video uh, you know uh, I, I call my agent don buckle don what do i think about this and he tells me what <laughs> he doesn't even you don't know what you think about it <laughs> no it's so funny i um it's so funny last night there was a uh I wanted to make this announcement today that the Bruce Springsteen interview would be on HBO on Thanksgiving. At the last minute, I get word, don't make the announcement this week. Do it next week. And I got all upset because this, you know, it's not going to give me any time to get the word out that it's going to be on HBO. And, uh... I was upset. So someone said to me, why don't you call Bruce and straighten it out? I said, I can't call Bruce Springsteen. I mean, I don't know that guy that well. I mean, we did this wonderful interview and I felt close to him, but I'm not going to pick up the phone and bother Bruce Springsteen about this. But they go, well, he probably would be upset, too. He wants this uh, out there. And I go, I'm not calling Bruce because I don't I don't want to be a, sh- a nudge. Well, um. I called my agent. I said, I'm upset. I want to make the announcement tomorrow. He goes, why don't you call Bruce? (laughs) And I go, because that's wrong. I don't want to I don't want to abuse the relationship with Bruce. And Don goes, yeah, he he wants this out there, too. He probably doesn't know anything that's going on, blah, 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 blah. I said, oh, yeah, you're right. I'll call Bruce. As soon as he said that. Right, but then, then it was but, okay. But thank God it all got resolved at the last minute, and I didn't have to pick up the phone with, uh, with Bruce. Uh, somebody spoke to John Landau, his guy, and uh, John made his decision. It was all good. Everything was and, so simple, and it went easy. That's all I wanted. All I wanted out of this was that more people should see the interview with Bruce. I didn't want to get caught up in uh, you know lots of problems. I just wanted... I, I just said to Bruce on the phone, the original time I called him, I said, man, I just think this was the greatest. I want to see more people seeing it. And he said, me too. And that was it. So I think it was really a special moment. I thought Bruce Springsteen was generous, loose as a goose. The guy is singing. He's talking. He's doing. 
And for those of you who have seen it on the SiriusXM app, you know what I'm talking about. And now, people who don't have SiriusXM and have the HBO uh, situation on their cable, they'll be able to see it. So that's good. And, and you know, I think it's good for SiriusXM, too. Absolutely. That's yeah. where it happened. That's where it happened. So <laughs> Sirius made it possible. Those things don't happen in other places. That's right. So there you go. That's it. That's my announcement. And I'm really you know, excited it's about funny. it. I, ha- I was going to, I never got to say this to you before now, but I use every time somebody would promote that Bruce and Obama were sitting down and having these conversations. It just did, so. you know, like I got this thing, this pit. In my stomach, like, why is that happening? And everybody's carrying on like these are the greatest conversations that have ever been had. Because I was like, they aren't, you know, sitting down with you would be a great conversation with Bruce Springsteen. And after that interview, that whole thing went away. I stopped caring about Bruce sitting down with Obama. Well, you know, it's funny you say that because... uh I'm such a weirdo. Now I feel like I own Bruce Springsteen. I get um, jealous now when I hear, like, whenever I interview someone, I feel I that should be jealous before it happened. Yeah, like, like I get upset when I see somebody like sitting down with anyone else, and um, I get very possessive. But anyway, speaking of sitting down, also this week uh, tomorrow, Quentin Tarantino and Neil Young yes. on Wednesday. I'm really excited about that. And um, and the other thing I've been really excited about. Uh, you know, I've been thinking, and again, I, I'm sorry if I'm getting too political. I know I get all the hate mail and people think, I read one guy, he said, you're one of those rich uh, liberals. And I went, rich liberal? I go, first of all, I don't know how liberal I am. And as far as being rich, man, I grew up poorer than you did, dude. I guarantee it. So I, I don't see myself as uh, some rich guy. I mean... I've done well in life, but man, did I have to fucking work for it? Because everyone, you know, and everyone who's got anything, unless they inherit money, uh, unless you're Rockefeller or Trump, for that matter, uh, we don't get a free ride. We got to get out there and work. But you anyway, <laughs> but I know when uh, you get political, people want to attack and they want to put you down. Yeah, because and- people are entrenched in their own side of whatever side they're on yeah but i just want to say this you know and by the way for those of you who attack me your hero lives at a country club so i don't know what you're talking about uh, i don't know what, <laughs> he's what the a, fuck. A, a very rich man yeah. and has been all of his life he grew up that way exactly so uh anyway what i was happy about and and i think maybe even people who don't agree with me politically and I'm not sure. I'm all over the place politically. But here's the one thing I do believe in. Here's the one thing I do believe in. Um, I got really upset when a lot of these candidates who were running in the recent election had to swear an allegiance to Trump by saying, we believe the election was fixed and rigged and there were shenanigans. If you didn't say that, Trump wouldn't endorse you. And a lot of people sold their soul and they were going around during the election doing something crazy. It was crazy. You know, Trump lost and he couldn't admit it. He doesn't want to be a loser. So he said he won and that it was rigged. But when he won, it wasn't rigged. And, uh, you know, 
And then he said to people, you want to run on the Republican ticket? You got to make a statement that I won the election. That this is, this is, this is what I'm talking about. This is crazy. And a lot of my friends who are Republicans left the party. They couldn't handle the crazy. The crazy. I'm not talking about policy now. Talking about the crazy. And the crazy scared a lot of people. It didn't just scare Democrats. It scared a lot of people in this country, it turns out. And a lot of people prove that they got a lot of common sense. When they got nervous is when they saw democracy slipping away. The reason this midterm election was so successful for Democrats wasn't because of policy. It's because people saw America slipping away. And I'm proud of the people who voted the way they did. Because when you see the crazy, that's when you got to sober up and say, this is getting a little too Nazi-like. It's getting a little too fucking nuts. And so I'm here to say, instead of calling everybody names, I'm here to say I'm proud of people. That people got up, they stepped up, and they said, you know what, enough is enough. We're, we're, we're uncomfortable with a guy running for governor and saying, hey, if I become governor... Republicans will only win elections from now on. I will see to it. In other words, he's telling you, I'm going to break the law and I'm going to fix these elections. I mean, I just am very proud of our country. And I wanted to say something positive this morning. There it is. So, uh, and if you like this speech, put it on HBO immediately. Go ahead, put this on too. I don't give a shit. Anyway, I'm proud of people rejecting crazy. You're talking about how rich he is. You ought to check out those pictures of his daughter Tiffany's wedding that are all over the media from this weekend. You know, I don't think any of those guys that go to those rallies were at this wedding. (laughs) No. It was real, all pomp and circumstance. Funny thing, when I was looking at those pictures of his daughter getting married, I said, oh, geez, I hope the vendors get paid who are providing the flowers and everything. And then I realized she's marrying a kid who's got billions, I guess, through his. He's I don't know for the wedding. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> otherwise you're like, well, wait a second. I'm not delivering flowers. I, I won't get paid. <laughs> well, uh, you know, Robin, I, I want to also congratulate you. Everyone knows you were on a hunger strike throughout the election. And I a think hunger that's strike. Right. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> they, finally, I for- got to end it. <laughs> I was actually worried about Robin over the weekend, and I did call her because I said, you know, she had said on uh, Wednesday's show she had been fasting for eight days straight and that she was going, her goal was to go for 10 days, 10 days. So I said to my wife, I got to go call Robin. I want to make sure she's alive because if Captain Dennis isn't checking on her, she could be laying there unconscious. Wait a minute. I called you. Well, you, you did, but uh, well, you thought uh, I was calling in distress. <laughs> I thought I didn't know what it was. I thought maybe you needed me. Anyway, I checked up on her. God bless her. She she ate a few olives on uh, day eight. <laughs> she went at eight, the I end go. of day eight. I completed right. eight day. All right, all right. Take it easy. <laughs> Poor woman was shitting out mucus. I don't know what was going on. But uh, anyway, she said, did you eat something? Yes, I did. I go, well, why didn't you go 10 days? She goes, sometimes your body tells you you need to eat. I said, okay, that's good. That's good. And uh, I said, what'd you eat? I was waiting to hear about the lasagna she had cooked. She goes, I had olive, an olive. 
I get an olive, a whole olive or a half. So there you go. So Robin ate an olive. When are you going <laughs> to, so, did you eat today? I, did I you? had a full meal yesterday. What'd you eat? A piece of salmon and some broccoli rob. Okay. Broccoli rob. That's good for you. You put a little butter on that broccoli rob or no butter, just oil. There was a, there was a little olive oil. Good. And like some that. onions and garlic. You made it yourself? Yes. I make everything myself. I told you that. I don't eat anything. How are you still single? Anyone else? How are you still single? What a catch you are making, walking around <laughs> naked and cooking salmon and broccoli, Rob. Who said I was walking around naked? I just imagined. That's I don't how think you, you need to wear clothes. It. Well, you're, you're you're living alone. Why not? <laughs> what do you need clothes for? They're windows. <laughs> oh, I see. Well, I figure on your estate there are gates and fences. <laughs> Run around That's naked, great. cooking salmon and eating broccoli, rather than shitting out mucus. It's a it's a life. A lot of people <laughs> no, after envy. the salmon and broccoli, Rob. It won't be mucus. <laughs> All right, good for you, Rob. Well, congratulations on going eight days. I don't know how to fuck you. That did. was my longest one so far. I'm still very happy. We, uh, John. Um, the hell, man. What's with my memory today, man? Um, John Lieberman. His, John Lieberman. Thank you. So silly. Uh, John Lieberman did some kind of show on you. I guess he went a to show? a doctor. He did a whole show. Yeah. John Lieberman spoke to Dr. Will Cole, a senior functional medicine, medicine clinic director. Um, he said, uh, the 10 day fast is extreme and should not be done without proper guidance. Listen to what he had to say. What about this length of time? The 10 days? What do you tell your patients about a 10 day? type of fast. I would say that's pretty extreme to do by yourself, but I would say if if you are under the guidance of a doctor or a coach or practitioner that is knowledgeable in fasting and you're being monitored appropriately, it can be a great tool for some, some people's health. I know people that are struggling with, with metabolic issues or autoimmune problems and longer term fasting is actually a great tool, but I wouldn't flippantly go and advocate everybody to, to do longer fasting. So I saw that as like the doctor saying it's good as long. Did you, you probably had no supervision. I mean, you. No, uh, I did. I, you, you know, I've been working with people about my diet and everything. So why would you right. say that? Well, because I know your you, your number one um, supervisor is you. Uh, you. Uh, well, of course you, they, uh, they. Again, everybody's a consultant. I make the final decision. <laughs> You'll never hear me saying they made me or I shouldn't have listened to them. Uh, I stick by my decisions when I make them. I worry that you think you're consulting someone, but it's a voice in your head, and uh, it's uh, really you. It could be. I think right. they're there. <laughs> and then uh, Dr. Cole was not surprised, Robin, that you have more energy to do things like spontaneously break into dance. He, he understood <laughs> what was going on. Doctor, let me end with this. This woman, Robin says that during the first eight days of her fast, she randomly breaks into dance, which is not characteristic of Robin when she is not fasting. Have you ever heard of that as a side effect? Not dancing specifically. That, that may be a separate issue. But I would say having more energy waking up in the morning, absolutely. There can be an initial adjustment where sleep is actually 
negatively impacted. But once the body gets to more of a keto adapted or fat adapted state, they can actually get deeper REM and deep sleep. Their sleep scores can go up where they'll wake up more rejuvenated. Well, there you go. A lot of fans wrote in, Robin's fasting journey is giving me flashbacks. I went to the desert on a fasting retreat, and by the third night, I was sneaking out of that place to snatch fruit <laughs> from the orange trees in the garden. Uh, going over seven days is insanity. Well, that's what I, I thought Robin wasn't dancing. I thought it was a seizure myself. <laughs> Uh, this person wrote in, call me old fashioned, but when your body is to the point of expelling mucus goo from your anus, I think it may be time to eat something. Eat a hamburger, Robin. You earned it. You earned it. Well, she looks fabulous. I'm looking you over now. I think, uh, you look great. So, I mean, if well, looks or anything, yeah, you look good. I see, uh, I could even tell maybe you lost a cup size of, uh, breast meat. <laughs> so, all over you. You're very trim, very sexy. Uh, what do you, you know, I, again, I was doing this for, uh, health reasons. This is a wellness journey I'm on. And, um, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for, uh, my highest potential in the realm mm. of health. It's you. If I'm going to last a long time, I don't want to have a broke down future. I don't want to have a ridiculous, she's melting future. I want to be able to walk around. That is a good song title. I don't want a melting future. I like that. <laughs> uh, Robin, I once fasted for a full three days only to go on a White Castle bender immediately after. I don't know which made me feel worse. Let's see what else we got. This is... Uh... Oh, Rob, it is a song. I didn't know this. Oh. Who who wrote it? Some great person Carl, like Bruce Springsteen? <laughs> this is called Robin's a Fasting Nut. <laughs> She's fasting day and night, keeps her mouth shut tight. Not a single bite, Robin's a fasting nut. I go to my food, I smell it, and walk away. <laughs> this uh, listener was pretty brutal. He wrote, eat something, bitch. Mahatma Gandhi. Uh, wrote that. That's it. <laughs> well, uh, Robin uh, is on a journey, wellness journey, and uh, I'm excited about that. Now, Finally, no one in the knows email, how they're going to age, Howard? But I'm going to try no. to give myself the best shot. I admire that. And uh, finally, in the mail, uh, you do you, Robin, signed uh, Karen Carpenter. Karen Carpenter oh, wrote in. That's a and, that's a disease. That is not what I'm uh, looking to have anorexia. Finally, there's another song. Uh, it's called "Robin Is Crazy" from Britney Spears. Lots of amazing things happen when you fast. Robin is crazy. She just won't eat. No. If she keeps fasting, she will lose her teeth. Robin is crazy. Ow. Ah, that was good. <laughs> Never a good sign when uh, Britney Spears writes a song and calls if, you crazy. Britney thinks you're crazy. You're in trouble. You might as well say, uh, "I think I need to uh, commit help. myself." Right. Um, now here's a big piece of gossip. The CEO of Sirius XM, the woman who runs the whole shebang, Jennifer Witz. She's our boss. Yeah. I heard a rumor 
that there's now a photograph of me in her office, a big one. Really? Yeah, it's embarrassing. Well, how do we that, confirm that? I don't know. Someone, Gary said he heard that she now has a photograph of me. I'm a little embarrassed by it. I'm going to be honest because I feel <clears throat> she was put under a lot of pressure. <clears throat> Because I carried on that there was an Andy. Robin did something for the company. I tuned in to watch it on Zoom. And there over Jennifer Witz's shoulder was a big picture of Andy Cohn while Robin was on. I mean, uh, you know you know how Robin feels about me. She's in love with me. So uh, Absolutely. They could have switched out the picture just for that of period of time. I wasn't there that long for she yeah. hurt. You know, to have to live without her Andy photo. But the last thing I wanted to do, Robin, was guilt her into putting up a picture of me. But evidently from uh, the sources, I think Baba Bowie, I think he's the one who told me. Is the rumor <laughs> is that you walk into Jennifer's office, there's a big picture of me from my last book, the Howard Stern interview book. Oh. Howard Stern comes again. <clears throat> and uh, the handsome picture of me uh, up there that Jennifer can stare Wait, at. Will, well, will it be seen every time Jennifer's seen on <clears throat> Zoom the way Andy's is? Or see, there you is go it again. Out I, of the camera I, shot. <laughs> see, see, Robin, there you go, embarrassing me. <laughs> I heard Gary also. It's in a very fancy gold frame. Any truth to that? How did yes, you see it's, it? It's, it? So first of all, I'm not the one who told you this because I think Jennifer wanted to surprise you in her next uh, meeting. It was just going to kind of turn right. up. So, oh. I, so I just want to be on because I spoke to her about it. I want to go on record. I'm not the one who told you. But yes, by the way, it's now I do remember what happened. We were in a meeting on Thursday. Jason Kaplan says to me, hey, and now he did the right thing. He, I, he told his he told his boss. What was going on? He says, I hear Jennifer's got a big picture. You Gary freaked out. He goes, I think that was supposed to be a surprise, Jason. <clears throat> yeah, no one but, told me um, it was supposed to be a surprise. Though, so I had no idea. I just walked yeah. by her office and saw it with a few people and was like, oh, wow, look at that. It's awesome. How big is it? Big. I mean, it was big. it like was poster size. Maybe slightly smaller than a poster, but it also has a big like the frame is really nice, so it just has nice. a, a lot of gravitas to it. It's just it takes it's big. It's right there. I would have signed it. Robin I would have signed it's it not, for her. It's not as big as the one that Robin used to keep of herself in her apartment, but it's pretty big. <laughs> <laughs> well then you're still not being recognized now. <laughs> I like that. I remember we went over to Robin's apartment for dinner, a bunch of us and there's a big painting of Robin up there, and I said, you know, I like it. But uh, a lot of the guys well, shamed Robin into taking that down. I know who told you about that, Gary. I was there. Gary I was there. It, it, stop talking about it. It was Fred and I. We went there for dinner. Fred and I went there for dinner. And, Howard, it wasn't just the size. It was like a professional photograph. Robin's like, she's got like a, a, I can't portrait. remember what her, it was a pose, you know, like it was like it was like something you'd expect to see, say, at the Royal Palace or like she Michelle enjoys Obama's looking portrait. at herself. What's wrong with that? Was that What's her, wrong with that? Was that in her blue jumpsuit? No, I think so. Yes. Are you sure? No, it was not. For, oh, you weren't. I was wearing a black dress that had like like metallic. Something or other on it, some kind of design. I thought it was the blue jumpsuit and it was by no. the table. No. 
Yeah. When, when was, you're eating. Yeah, that's when you saw it, when we yeah. went to eat. So it was like, it was yeah. not the so it was first like there were two Robins saw. at the dinner table. <laughs> <laughs> but Robin, it's not like we snuck into your bedroom and found it. Like we sat down to eat when you're like, oh. You know what I like? Like, you, you know, you're at Robin's house and you're looking at her and you're talking to, uh, to her for dinner. And if you look away, you see Robin. You still see Robin. <laughs> right. You never forget <laughs> She's where you are. Yeah. I, uh, I by the way, really like I received a letter. Uh, there's nothing wrong with Robin having giant pictures of herself in her apartment signed Donald Trump. Donald Thank Trump, the ex-president of the United States. So there, there you go. Again, this I'm just going to say, I've seen other people's homes and I see yeah. pictures of them all <laughs> over the place. I have oh, just one. <laughs> you, I got multiple pictures of me hanging all over the place. Howard, fact, would, my uh, my wife keeps Robin. hanging them up. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm embarrassed. You go down to my basement. There's uh, uh, every fucking thing I ever did. I've been pictures from private parts. It's like a fucking museum for Howard Stern. But uh, what am I going to tell you? I'm Howard. I think I'm going to. I've convinced her to take it down. What is it, Gary? If I took every picture of myself in my house and put it in a square, it would not be as big as the one Robin had. I don't think so, uh, Gary. You're still exaggerating. It wasn't like a movie screen. It was a movie poster size. <laughs> well, she's an angel, and uh, why not? Why not? Uh, why not queen, celebrate herself? Uh, Who else is celebrating If have her? a photo like that, why can't I? There you go. You're an angel. That's all. <laughs> uh... Yeah. So anyway, Jennifer has this big I don't know if it's over her shoulder. I don't know if it'll show I up can't in meetings. Wait to see where it is and uh how it turned out. I can tell you. I can tell where you. Exactly. Is it? So it's it's an interesting setup. So her desk, it is right behind her desk. <clears throat> However, for some reason wherever she did that last town meeting is on the other side of the office, so Andy's picture's on the other side, but I suspect <clears throat> that she was going to switch positions for the next meeting. Nice. Wow. Wow, that's awesome. I mean, I'm a little embarrassed because I feel like... Well, then tell her to take it down. You don't No, <laughs> I like that it's there. <laughs> on our phone is Jennifer Witz. Hi, hi, Jennifer. Thank you for uh, putting a picture of me in your office. It's not necessary, but uh, there you go. Yeah, happy you happy? Tell me, are you? I mean, listen, all joking aside, it wasn't a big deal. I thought it was, you know, interesting that I tuned into the meeting with Robin and you had a picture of Andy Cohn. And I went, oh, you know, I'll bust balls, but it's fine. Listen to me, Stern. All joking aside, consider this your raise, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> you always win. Oh, my goodness. Here's your big ball of attention, you goddamn baby. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, all joking aside, if anybody wants to draw a big dick on Howard's face, you know where to find him. <laughs> Listen, Jennifer, I got one question for you. Is my picture bigger than Andy Cohen's? Oh, yes, Stern, it's huge. It's the biggest on the entire building. It's so big. It's a hundred Andy Cohen pictures. You happy? Does that sound good to you? <laughs> That's our boss. All right, Jennifer. Thank you. I mean, you didn't need to do it, but thank you. Okay, there you Listen go. Listen to me. The bigger the picture, 
or stern, the tinier the penis. Got it? <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, that's inappropriate. I can report you to HR. <laughs> oh, it's a full nude, Stern. We all get to laugh at your shrinky dick. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you. Hey, listen to me, Stern. Your nose takes up only about 75% of the picture. <laughs> Boy, aren't you glad you asked for that picture? <laughs> You're saying that my nose, it's mostly nose in the picture? Oh, please. It's so big. Your nose is in the next room. <laughs> Did I ever tell you I thought you had an infectious laugh? <laughs> okay, goodbye. But you never wow. want to get too much of her attention. No. Uh, yeah, well... Ah, uh, there's my boy Bobo. Hey, Bobo, what's up? Hey, how you doing there, Howard? All right. Now, Bruce must have been so overwhelmed, I'm telling you, with all this praise. He probably never got as much praise from any interview in the history that he ever did. And this was top of the food chain for him, hands down, case closed. I mean, the praise he got alone from his manager, his wife, and everybody, right? And now all HBO, right. this is awesome. All right, well, thank you, Bobo. Thank there you, Bobo. Bobo excited yeah. for the uh, big uh, premiere on HBO, as I am and as Bruce is. I Doesn't think Bobo's know, more excited. I don't know why he had to speculate about what Bruce is thinking, but he could tell us he's happy. Well, Bobo knows. Bobo really? knows what I people mean, the are way thinking. he was talking, I thought, does he have a relationship with Bruce? <laughs> I think he does. <laughs> I think he does. Okay. Anyway. I had a tough uh, weekend when we last left you on Wednesday. I won't dwell on this too much, but if I do, I might actually cry. Mm. Because uh, my boy uh, Yoda, my cat, Yoda, he died. We had to put him to sleep. And oh, my God, it was so fucking bad and terrible and uh, everything. I just I hated the whole experience. Every time I got to do this, we got so many cats. And every time I got to do this, it gets worse. And uh, so after the show, I told you, I didn't want to end the show on Wednesday. I did not want to end it. I wanted to see, but Robin had to go do stuff. So we had to end it. I would have just sat, I would have sat down here. I would have, I would have sat down here till five o'clock at night and let my wife handle things. Sometimes I'm like, I, sometimes I say to my wife, you know, you're the one who's um, bringing all these cats in. You should have to put them to sleep. And she goes, you love the cats. It's not just for me. I do that. And I go, well, you're right. So I had to man up and be a part of this whole fucking horrible thing. And, you know, Yoda is a special cat to us. My wife wrote two children's books that were on the New York Times bestseller list about Yoda. Because he had such an, an, an incredible story. It was so great. That cat came to us. What, I don't know who had this cat before us, but they were so bad to him. That he was dying. He had he was going into heart failure. He had heart disease. And if you looked at him, he was tiny. He was never groomed. His you know um, he was a Persian. So somebody must have you know bought him from a breeder, I guess. 
And uh, from the time he was a kitten, they just kind of abused him. He had shit in his fur. He was emaciated. He didn't eat. He had uh, his fur was he's a white cat. He was almost black from dirt. Mm. They when he came to us, they we had to shave him because his fur was so knotted and it hurts. It hurts the cat. It all came off in one piece like a coat. Wow. That's how crazy this cat was, uh, how badly treated this cat was. And my wife said to me, I'm going to take this cat in. It's a hospice situation. He's dying. The outset, he might have a month, something like that. She got herself a shoebox to stick the cat in the, in the shoebox. And, uh, we had it in the garage because we knew he was going to die. His heart, every doctor we took him to, they said his heart is like shot. But it was crazy. When we had him in the house, we're feeding him good food. We're giving him a lot of love. Giving him the last couple of days be good days, right? It's a tough, it's a tough situation to put yourself in when you have a cat, you know, he's dying. You're like, what are we doing emotionally? Cause the second you have him, you get attached to him. He was so cute. Well, he hung out with us. And then lo and behold, every time we bring in some kittens for rescue, he starts corralling these kittens and he starts, when I say corralling, He's like a, a mother to them. He would he would hold them. He would sleep with them. He would wrap them up in his arms. If they went out of the foster room, he would chase them back in like a like a like, like a, a sheep herding dog, dog. Yeah, like a sheep dog. Yeah. It was crazy, and he had real purpose. Well, a month goes by, two months go by, three months go by. He's getting bigger. His fur's growing back in. No dying. We're, we're like, what are we doing? We got a shoebox ready to bury him. So we take him to the doctor and they go, you know, this is really weird. His heart is okay. He's not going to die. I go, what? How's that possible? You guys all said he's going to die. Nope. I don't know what happened. He's fine. Well, he ended up being with us for 10 years, two books and all this stuff and all this notoriety. But he stopped eating a couple of weeks ago. He was losing a lot of weight. And we took him to the doctor. He got cancer in his lungs and two of his, don't ask, things are collapsing. He had a big tumor in front of his heart. They said, maybe we could operate. We weren't going to put him through it. His his number was up. We We said, how can we take him home and make him comfortable? Which was the worst because, you know, you do it because you love him, but you you know he's going to die. But we had two more weeks with him. We put him on some steroids, some drug. And he, you know, it stimulated his appetite. He stayed with us, you know, but we knew he was slipping away. And the hard part is no one went to call the doctor. And everyone tells you, you will know when to call the doctor. I go, I don't know when. My wife better know when. I don't know when. I don't want him to die. I'm not killing him. Who are these people who think you know everything? (laughs) They don't know me. I don't know anything. (laughs) So uh, I'm sitting there. My wife looks at me um, Tuesday night. Last week, she goes, it's time. I go, I guess you know everything. I don't know anything. How do you know? She goes, let's call the doctor. Maybe he would do us a favor and come home, come to our home. We didn't want to move Yoda. He was so sickly and he loved his chair. He has a special chair he likes to sleep in. We didn't want to move him. It would have been a bad last scene. 
So we called our buddy, Dr. Browning, who's such a nice guy. What a fucking great guy. This, you know, this gives you hope in the world, this guy. He says, oh, you know, we're good customers because we bring all the rescue people there, you know, rescue cats there, and we turn people on to the place. Well, I'll come over. I'll stop by. Well, he came with his assistant. But meanwhile, I go up after the show on Wednesday. Now I'm sitting there with my wife, and we're sitting there with Yoda. And I'm now, it's 10 in the morning. He's supposed to be here around 11.30. I said, I got to sit with him the last hour and a half. And the clock is ticking, and I'm looking at his sweet little face like an angel. Yoda. I'm looking at this face. I'm looking into his eyes. I'm petting him. I'm fucking crying because I know that's it. And the, and the doctor was a little bit late, and I'm like, oh, thank God. Because when the doctor comes, that's going to be it. That's it, yeah. That's it. It's over. So I'm sitting there with my wife. I was tired, too. And um, then my wife and I sit down on the couch, and he comes over, and he sits between us, like to say goodbye. And we're petting him, and he's sitting between us. And we're hugging him, and we're kissing him, and we're holding him, and he's purring. And we're like, oh, fuck. This is going to be bad. Then he hops down from the couch. He gets nestled in his favorite chair, and he's sitting there, but you can tell he's not comfortable. He's, you know, it's just his little face is looking at you, and and we know we're doing the right thing. We don't want him to suffer. We don't want him to suffer. So the doctor comes, and I'm like, oh, shit, here we go. And he was so great. He goes, he looks over Yoda. He says, you're doing the right thing. You're doing the absolute right thing. And uh, he said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give him a shot. It'll relax him. It's like a little pinch. He might react. But then after the shot, about 10 minutes later, he'll be nice and relaxed. And then we can deliver the whatever that shit is that they put in the cat to make his heart stop or whatever they do. So he gives him the the relaxation, and I knew Yoda was out of it because when they gave him the relaxation shot, he didn't even flinch. He was like, he didn't, he didn't move, even yeah. care. Normally, he'd move away. My other two cats who were hanging around, they're, they're cowards. I was disappointed. They ran right underneath the couch. I think they knew what was going on. I said, we're not putting you guys to sleep. You could be here for them. <laughs> they ran away. So Beth is... Uh, when when the, when the doctor is preparing the shot, she goes, let me move around so he can see my face. And she's petting his head. I said, I better pet his head, too. I want to pet his head. And Beth's hand was on the head. I said, honey, I have no room for my hand. <laughs> I was just feeling awful. And then he gives him the, you know, he shaves his little leg and he gave him the shot. And and he, he was dead within three seconds. Yeah, it doesn't take long after that. Oh, my God. It was awful. It was awful. And then the doctor, this is why he's so great. Dr. Browning says, let me leave for a few minutes so you could be alone with Yoda. And Beth, this killed me. She said, honey, would you go get his grooming brush? He was dead. And she gave him his last grooming. She says, I want him to look nice. Oh. I'm getting choked up. She started brushing him, and I go, my wife is so sweet. She's so good to this cat. She's brushing him. She she cleaned his eyes. She cleaned his nose, was stuffed up, because he has a little tiny nose. 
And then she picked him up and hugged him, and his body was limp, like his head rolled to the oh. side. And then all that I'm looking at this, and I'm like, this sucks. <sighs> and the doctor comes back in, and we had his favorite blanket. We wrapped him up in his blanket. And the doctor, uh, I, I walked out with the doctor. Beth was a mess. And then we carried, uh, he carried uh, Yoda to the car. And uh, we go, we're getting them cremated. And we, we, the one thing we said is, you know, you hear sometimes about these animal places. They tell you they, or the ashes you get back here. And sometimes you wonder. But uh, Dr. Brownie said this place that they're bringing Yoda to, they're good about it. We wanted his ashes, not not just some general ashes back. Because I got a little graveyard up in my bedroom in a big uh, big Chinese urn, like a big Chinese vase. I put anyone who died in there. I got Bianca in there. I got my cat Charlie, my cat Leon. I got Sophia, my cat, in there. I got Apple in wow. there. There's almost no room left. I might have to get another vase. I put my father in there. Anybody I can get in there, I get in there. No, I didn't put my father in there, but uh, I, I would have. <laughs> your, your dad wasn't cremated, Howard. <laughs> no, all right. in there. I thought he was in there. <laughs> yeah. So that was that, and uh, man, we were bummed out. We and then we—I said to my wife, you know, what, let's go take a walk. Let's take a walk, walk off some of this sorrow. So we took a walk, and we talked about Yoda. We talked about his, uh, you know, his life, and you know, all our experiences with him. And, and you know, and with time, you hope it gets better. It does. I've been through. That. I've been down this road before, but man, oh man, is life painful. It is so painful. To do that, I don't know. And then I start getting philosophical. I go, where the fuck am I going? <laughs> what do you mean, where are you going? I mean, you know, like, <laughs> where's Yoda? And, you know, you know, here's what I think. And I hate to say it because, you know, a lot of people, you know, they're they, clinging they to something, right? <laughs> they're clinging to something. But I feel like we're all, like, if you take, if you look at these views of the earth from space, we look like insects. We don't even look like it. We look like little tiny dots. We might you know? as well be insects because we come yeah. off as little tiny. We could be considered pests at that size if you were, you know, a human right. and well, you were bigger than we are. Well, I look at that and I go like my father was bigger than life and bigger, big in my life, like a big presence. But if you pull back on the earth, you realize he's just one of the little worker ants that uh, were here and. And uh, somehow I got here because of him and all that. But it's like you really think we we look like like meaningless. So where well, where you am know I going? Because people have actually studied that, you know. And when you look at the way people perform, they perform just like any other species. Like right. most people get married at the same time, they go to right. work at the same time, you know, and so traffic is heavy at a, you know, so you see all the bees or the worker ants going to work. And, you know, so if somebody was outside of this realm studying us, we would look like another insect. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't have much hope for going somewhere. My daughter's religious. She tells me we're definitely going somewhere. 
Yeah, you're going board. somewhere, all right. Yeah, I know. That's you're what I'm worried about. Right. <laughs> oh my god! But anyway, what can I tell you? It just sucked. And when I was watching my wife, she goes, "Get the brush," and she started brushing him because she'd always brush him every day, and he loved to get brushed. We would just. I think it is so important that after you put your animal to sleep, that you get to hold him and hug him. I really do. I see that it's important. It's a nice kind of closure. But it sucked. What can I tell you? Who's that? It's William Shatner. What, what, hi, Mr. Shatner. What, what, what can I do for you? Howard, I'm so terribly sorry about Yoda. I would love to sing you a song in memory of your beloved cat. Oh, thank you. Would you know my name if I saw you in heaven? Would it be the same? So this is Tears in Heaven by Eric Clapton, right? Yes. Yes. Beautiful, beautiful selection, Mr. Shatner. If... I saw you in heaven. <sighs> I must oh. be strong. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yes. And carry well, on. Thank you, Mr. Shatner. I feel better already. Uh, Never interrupt you. a singer. This is a gun. <laughs> one of your worst ever if i have anything to weigh in with yeah hey bobby in new york this is bobby what up bobby oh my god i'm freaking out here i'm not driving my truck i'm six foot two i'm fucking tears are coming down my cheek talking i can't oh. fucking take it i just got a poodle the best dog two years old what's gonna happen when he goes oh you're oh gonna be a god, mess I'm freaking out you're gonna Listen, be a I mess i hate to change the subject but I know you have know, a lot of friends in media. This FX, this freaking station, why can't they raise the volume? I'm watching mm. the freaking uh, Iron Man. I read the volume is so high, I changed your channel. I'm blowing myself out of the freaking chair. Maybe <laughs> they listen to you. I, I, I can't take it. Only this one channel, FX. It's funny you Maybe say you that. Know, I mean, you're making me think of my father. He called into the show one time. Yes. He was so bummed out. He was. He used to watch uh, CBS television, the network CBS, and he'd complain to me. He goes, "I watch CBS. Their their engineers must be a bunch of morons." I go, "What's going on, <laughs> Dad?" He goes, "I tune in there. You know, I'm an audio man." I'm a recording man. I know uh, audio. I know audio. I go, yeah, you know audio. The, the volume is so different from every other channel. I go, yeah. I picked up the phone. I called CBS. And I said, what's wrong with you? You called CBS. You don't call me. My father's never called me. He called That's CBS and complained. He complained about the audio. And, um, he, who do you go to? Do they have a special audio department yeah, well, where you well, could call? 
he called the general number and they put him through to like whoever's in charge of audio. And my father yelled wow. out. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, Amazing. I surf the channels the way you do. I surf the channel. I'm watching Iron Man or whatever they freak they're playing. And I go to change the channel. I'm like, oh, shit, what the hell's going on? I can't hear the, the what do you call it? The dialogue and the right. special effects. You can't even. It's unbelievable. Yeah, my but wife started accusing me. I'm watching the other night some fucking thing on uh, I don't know, one of the streaming services, just like Bobby here. And I'm watching the TV, you know, and I had I put it up the vault. You could not hear the dialogue. It was so low. Yeah. And then maybe it was like SEAL Team or something. And uh, all of a sudden, then when they start blowing shit up and special effects. It's so loud. And she walks in. She goes, you're going deaf. You better go to an audiologist. I go, I'm not going deaf. You see, if you sit here and watch this show, when they're talking, it's low. And when as soon as they start blowing shit up, they start in with music and sound effects and they blast it. They so blow you out of the chair. Right. And it and she thinks I'm losing my hearing. Now, it's true. I've lost some high end hearing, you know, but not a lot. I can hear fine. I think. But I even find that I'm having to adjust the sound of the program I'm watching. Yes. Because some action happens, things get loud, and then they start talking again in a quiet moment. You can't hear them. So then I have to turn it up again. Yeah, well, I... I'm uh, my own mixer. Yeah, me too. I do that too. I, I've got the fucking remote control in my hand. I'm busy raising and lowering it. And uh, I don't know. I mean, what... Beth thinks I'm hopefully losing my hearing. Listen. Everybody listens to you. Hopefully somebody's listening. All right, FX. So thank you to got it, Bobby. FX, we got please. the we got hey, we got listen, the memo. Marianne, I'm from I'm Bobby Bacala from Brooklyn. Marianne, I know Marianne. Marianne, that's how you have a conversation. You shut up while how it's talking. <laughs> Later, I'll tell her. Hold on, Bobby. Marianne, Bobby Bacala says that you uh, you don't know how to shut up when I'm talking. Yeah, I hear you, Bobby Bacala. I hear you loud and clear, but I get super excited, and I got a million topics like Howie. Congratulations on Bruce, HBO, and I'm so sorry about Yoda, and the necklaces are up that best designed, and I just ordered one, and then I want to say, Howie, guess what? I wrote a letter to Jennifer Witt, and your picture's oh, up shit. there, Howie. Bobby, Bobby, she gets excited. She's just like uh, she's just like FX. You see how her volume kept going up. <laughs> better get a job. She's home and she's home in the house cleaning too much. Get a job and you feel a little tired. You know what happens sometimes? You clean too much. Those cleaning fluids they get into your brain. <laughs> yeah, you get in the bus. By the way, there's a guy on the phone, Bobby, who who agrees with you. This guy listens only. He only watches FX, and he said he went deaf. Listening oh. to it. Uh, sir, what happened to you? Tell Bobby real quick. Sir, you exclusively yeah. listen to FX? Is that what you're telling us? And you say hey, you I spoke... I agree with you 100%, moron. 
<laughs> Listen, moron. Uh, what happened? <laughs> you were watching FX, and you you now you sound like this. All right, there you go. Yeah, Bobby, you better to stop watching all that FX stuff. It's going to hurt you. You don't want to sound like this. That's right. You guys are the best. I love you guys. Everybody there. Thank you very much. That's Bobby Bacala. Everybody knows him over in Brooklyn. Bobby Bacala. (laughs) You know, that's good when a guy has a nickname. Bobby Bacala gives him an identity, you know? Right. You hey. may, he is somebody, right? He's uh, got a nickname. I'm over here in Brooklyn. Marianne, you know me, Bobby Bacala. <laughs> Probably 50 Bobby Bacalas over in Brooklyn. <laughs> Brooklyn's a pretty big place. Oh, man, Brooklyn. I used to go to Brooklyn all the time. That's a whole nother world over there. Now you, you scream if somebody says, uh, we got to go to Brooklyn. <laughs> I see a lot of celebrities name their children Brooklyn. Brooklyn. I don't know why it's a ca- catchy uh, name. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of a good name actually, Brooklyn. You know, I never. But how I it my... caught on, I don't know. I was against those trendy names when I was naming my kids. I was very old fashioned that way. I just wanted regular names: Emily, Deborah, Ashley. You know. Names you can that are true Americana. No nonsense names. No Brooklyn's. No apples. Uh, apples no scientific <laughs> maps. None of that kind of crazy <laughs> stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just I'm that way. And sometimes I think, well, maybe I should have. My, my one of my daughters. I was interviewing Frank Zappa. And I was about to have my baby girl, my first, and I said, Frank, you, you name your kids such wild names. Moon Unit, Dweezil, Ahmet. I go, what about me? You got a name for my my kid? Without missing a beat, he goes, Muldred. <laughs> and I, you know, I, I've talked, I've told that story to my daughter a million times that she was, you know, Frank Zappa. She goes, I wish you would name me Muldred. I love that name. She loves that name. I go, are you fucking kidding? Muldred? <laughs> Sounds like mold. It's Mildred, which is a terrible name. And then in Moldred, she goes, Dad, it would have been the fucking greatest thing. I said, I wasn't going to make your name a joke. She goes, it's no joke. I like it. I go, who knew you would like it? Most girls would not like the name Moldred. Well, some of those kids grow up and change their names. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's well, I remember David Bowie named his son Zoe Bowie, Zoe yeah. Bowie, which is sort of weird. It's like my mother wanted to name my sister Fern Stern, and my father, <laughs> you know, for once he goes, "No, you're the Fern Stern." <laughs> and I got to give it to my old man. I owe him a big one. My mother wanted to name me Harvey, Harvey Stern. Harvey's a good name. Who fucking looks at a baby wants to name him Harvey? Who my wants father. a baby named Fern? That's terrible. Uh, Your mother my, was a terrible neighbor of babies. Oh, God. Don't tell her that. <laughs> Those are beautiful names. But I remember David Bowie named his kid Zoe, and he went, and the, the kid grew up. He hated it. He named himself Joe. Yeah. Joe. Joe Something Bowie. very ordinary. Yep. He didn't want it. But there you go. Zoe Bowie. You know, you're a kid. You're just trying to fit in. You don't want to be a weirdo. Moldred. 
But what a name. Howard Stern's kid's name is Moldred? That's crazy. That is crazy. And people would have read sinister things into that. Howard oh, Stern yeah. chose Moldred. That sounds satanic. Right. Right. Yeah, before you know it. So. Didn't Elon Musk name his kid like something like some weird? Like some kind of like, formula, yeah. <laughs> like an algebraic formula. <laughs> That's weird, man. But uh, I'm not a weirdo like that. I, you know, I'm pretty traditional, honestly. I don't, uh, I don't go for nonsense. I'm like my dad in that way, you know. No nonsense. <laughs> what kind of name is that? Moldred. Sometimes I think it's a carryover of their ego, the parents' ego. Yeah. That our child has to have this special name so everybody knows they came from a special place. Yeah. You know, I I never got this uh cryptocurrency thing. I don't understand it. I'm I'm just an old fart. I don't get crypto. I don't know what Nobody it is. Nobody does. Don't feel bad. The only thing I understand is that it's, in other words, when you have an American dollar, it's backed up somewhere by a piece of gold. In other words, there's true value to it. No, With we're crypto, not on the gold standard anymore. No, what are, what is a dollar? The gold, uh, the mar, the whatever the market says a dollar is worth is what a mark, uh, what a dollar is worth. Turns out I don't understand that. <laughs> I thought there was Fort Knox and we you had gold. Dis, dis, we separated the dollar from gold a long time ago. You're shitting me. So what's in Fort Knox now? There's gold in Fort Knox. It's not like the government doesn't own gold, but no. the dollar's not attached to uh, the price of gold and the value of gold. The dollar is worth what the dollar is worth. Oh, really? And who makes up what the dollar well, is worth? Well, there's a, there's a market and, you know, that's how, you know how sometimes you go to Europe and the prices are higher there than they right. are here. That's yeah. because the pound or the euro or whatever you're looking at is valued greater than the dollar. Yeah, but who makes then, that up? They, there's a market. You know, these market, market makers. Where? Maker, make, in the world, there's a market. Who, who is in the there's market? there's an exchange. And dollars are traded based on their value, just like stock wow. is. I fucking don't understand. I'm so fucking stupid. Maybe. Oh, you're not stupid. Uninformed would be what you yeah. what you are. I love not to know. I don't even <laughs> want to know. I don't want to clog my head up with that. I'm an artist. I'm a creator. I can't. I can't. I can't be looking into everything. I should know more about this kind of shit because cryptocurrency. I just read an article. They're having a disastrous year with cryptocurrency. Bitcoin's down over 63%. Ethereum is down over 65%. Yeah, every time and, I hear and, that, I think about Jason. Because remember when he told us he got into the crypto market? <laughs> well, listen to this. The biggest crypto loser is the CEO of the trading house FTX, whatever the fuck that yes. is. He lost $15 billion of his $16 billion fortune in a single day. But... <laughs> Hey, the guy still got knows a billion. How, the, how he did it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. He sounds like he's still doing well. He's got a billion. Uh, I mean, I'll yeah, take a billion. Yeah, I don't think he's. You should, you know, send him a donation. He messed up. Well, I don't understand crypto. I still don't. 
But I do understand what a giant down arrow looks like. It looks like a bunch of failure to me. You know, it's almost as if imaginary money is a bad idea. But well, then, all um, we've got is imaginary money. <laughs> I, it turns out you're right. I thought there was still a gold standard. Now I'm reading here, 1971, Richard Nixon announced dollars could no longer be redeemed for gold. There you go. <laughs> I don't even know that. It's funny because uh, Mehmet was telling me Bitcoin's still a good investment because he tells me he gave me like $5 Bitcoin for, uh, he gave me and he gave Gary at Christmas $5 it Bitcoin. It was me too. I got some, but I lost it immediately. <laughs> me too. Well, he claims that $5 is now worth around $50. Even with the crash of Bitcoin, he goes, it's still up. It's either worth 50 or $75. And then Gary told me he went and actually tried to redeem the the Bitcoin that Mehmet gave us when it went up uh -huh. to 50 At one point, Mehmet claims it was worth $350, this $5. And, and, but then Gary said, yeah, great. I went to redeem it. I couldn't get any money for it. No one would pay me. It's not clear where Gary went. I mean, there are like no. Bitcoin machines you can find at a gas station. You scan your code hold, hold and on. hold on. It's not that they won't pay me, Howard. There's there's like a you know seventy five number letter lowercase uppercase right. code. But you just don't go to redeem Bitcoin. You have to go into a place that does that and then go get the Bitcoin. And I worked with somebody on our staff, and we worked on it a bunch of times. Somebody well, who it's really like a knows. stock. You can't just walk into a store and say, here's my stock. Give me cash. I'm just saying, I got this thing with the things to get. I got this thing with a number on it. I talked to people who are in the know. We sat down at a computer, and he's like, and this is the guy. This is the guy. And he goes, yeah, man, I, I don't have time for this right now. <laughs> it just took too long. <laughs> What the fuck? And then, yeah, then they, the weird... and that number, Howard, a lot of people lose that number and they can never get their Bitcoin. Well, okay, here's the kicker to the story, though. I'm talking with Mehmet and he's really kind of telling me, listen, you know, in the long run, the Bitcoin is still up and he's making a lot of sense. And I go, how much Bitcoin do you have? He goes, oh, I don't have any of that shit. Right, right. He likes no. talking about it. Yeah. You don't have any Bitcoin, right? <laughs> well, zero. yeah, I don't have any. Uh, my cash is going different places <laughs> right now. But uh, you are up 50 percent from when I bought Bitcoin for you five years ago. Your fifty dollars is now worth seventy five. And I feel like the people here, they just don't like Bitcoin because you don't like it. You know how that goes. If you came in and said, hey, I love Bitcoin, everyone would be. I all don't know, though. Board. Why would Gary like it? He can't redeem his Bitcoin. Well, Gary's I'm going to be a slow on the uptake. No, I'm Gary's no moron. I don't like it because I don't understand it. But I, by the way, Mehmet, I appreciate the gift, and if I ever redeem it, I will take you to dinner. But um, okay. I just don't understand. I really don't. I mean, I do understand it, but like, you know, like I know if I put my money in a bank, it's it's government insured. So I guess the whole idea is to be off the grid, right? You don't want we don't want government intervention. But everybody that lost their money now. Had no government intervention. That's they right. They want it now. They want regulation. Why Why can't? And they have no one to go to. But is it right. kind of Ponzi scheme-ish? I mean, I don't know anything about it, but like you go to, you, you, you buy some Bitcoin and then you go to redeem it and you can't get any, you can't get, you know, Gary's having that hard a time. I mean, that's well, kind of weird. Well, the Ponzi scheme of it is, yeah, if you got in early enough, you could become a billionaire. But there's right. nothing holding Bitcoin up. 
I still think in the long term, the trend is up. Like the next generation, Bitcoin 10, 15 years from now will be worth. But he can't get the money out now. Like I lost my Bitcoin. I don't know where it is. But yeah, you'll never be able to get that. $30, right. $75. The, the bigger issue is they, they likened what happened last week to like, a, like if you ever see a, it's a wonderful life and there's a run on the bank. Run on the people, bank. Yeah. People went to get their money and it just turns out that all the money that people had invested, it didn't exist. So you couldn't get your money out. All right. Well, there you go. I don't understand it, but a lot of people lost but money. But that's why I Keep say holding I your think Bitcoin it's and Robin, partially, you should find the Bitcoin. I got you. Partially right. a Ponzi scheme because, you know, Things can be manipulated. They raise, you know, Bitcoin at one time was up to 40, almost $45,000 a coin. Mm. And now it's down to 17. So what if you bought at 42? You know what I say? (laughs) (laughs) Many celebrities, many celebrities have done endorsements for cryptocurrency. But the one that stands out is Matt Damon's ad for Crypto.com. It sounds like he's calling you a pussy for not blindly investing in crypto, honestly. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) it made me feel bad. History is filled with almosts. With those who almost adventured. But ultimately, for them it proved to be too much. Then there are others. The ones who embrace the moment and commit. They calm their minds and steal their nerves with four simple words that have been whispered by the intrepid since the time of the Romans. Fortune favors the brave. I don't know, oh, man. Boy. Whenever, like, no one ever had to tell me to run an ad for me to go out and make regular money. Like, regular money stands the test of time. I mean, a guy's telling you, you got to invest in crypto. By the way, how's uh, Matt Damon doing? I, I don't take advice from uh, celebrities on how to invest. That's the how last much place. does Matt Damon have? Probably none. Yeah. <laughs> Fortune favors the brave. Well, that's what uh, somebody was saying because you know this guy—I forget what the guy's name is from FTX—but uh, he even, you know, did one of those licensing agreements where he had his name on a state, you know, FTX was on a stadium, FTX stadium is somewhere and all of that stuff. And this weekend, all of that stuff disappeared. Like they (laughs) stripped the name off that stadium because they need to sell it to somebody else. Yeah. I hope Matt Damon wasn't paid in Bitcoin for that ad. Like they were probably like, well, Mr. Damon, thank you for the commercial. And we're going to pay you in Bitcoin. Uh, that's OK. I'm not that brave and I'm not that. Uh, I, just give me regular dollars, please. You know, they want to compare Bitcoin to gold. But if I want to get gold, I will be given some gold. Bitcoin, you don't get anything. And whenever you want to use Bitcoin or really take Bitcoin out, what do you want? You want dollars. Here's some sad news. One of our own got caught in the crypto downturn. I'm talking, of course, about the one and only Beetlejuice. The Bitcoin is now over. Oh, how, how is uh, it's gone? Yeah. The website that launched Bitcoin recently announced their currency would soon be liquidated along with other creator coins. What? <laughs> Turns out Bitcoin goes as the market goes. <laughs> 
So they're going to have to liquidate and send people their money back? Is that what, what money? I don't know. Jason Kaplan and Mike Trainer, who work on our show, each bought $5 worth of Bitcoin when he was on the show in 2021. Hey. And yeah. their investment actually surged briefly to about 20 bucks. Their $5 <laughs> went up a lot, but now, now it's only worth four cents. So Bitcoin, for, I think technically Beat was like a billionaire for a day or two. Well, you know, they do say that it's not when you get into the market, it's when you get out that counts. Poor Beat. He was so close. JD, you were investing in crypto. Remember we were talking no, about Yeah, but now he's gotten smart. He's investing in something safe called the baseball cards. <laughs> buying up the whole market. Transferred all that wealth into baseball cards. Did yeah, you ever got... make any money with your uh, crypto investments? Well, I mean, I kept putting in like a little bit at a time. And uh, it was going up for a little bit. And then it was not. And then it kept going down. So, uh, like, it might have been up to like 1300 at some point. And then it got down to like 600 And uh, I was like, okay, what's it? Are you going to take go. your money out? <laughs> way yeah, to go. <laughs> yeah, good job. <laughs> yeah, I took my money. I mean, I wasn't reading anything positive about uh, crypto. Um, so, yeah, I just got out of it. So, when you say you had 1300 <laughs> how much money did you put in? I see, I don't remember. I, like I was only putting in like say twenty bucks a month or whatever right. into a in, into all these different things. Um, so uh, I'd ha I'd have to go back and you know look at the, the how much. But it so was you like, weren't just buying Bitcoin. You were buying other coins. You say? Yeah, it was like other like cryptocurrencies that you could put money in that uh, you know I was hearing about a little bit and and uh, from others and stuff. But uh, yeah, well, it was not good. <laughs> You know, I was talking to JD about finances and he says to me, you know, I, I believe in buying high and selling low. And uh, <laughs> I said, well, you're a new strategy. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Would you now be say you're a little more conservative, like maybe just invest in like a mutual fund or something where you throw that 20 bucks a month into or are you going to? Yeah. Up? I, I mean, yes. Uh, yes. yes. But have I, you done it, or yes, you know? No, about I have not it. done anything like that as of yet. I am. Uh, I, I, mean, I have a four hundred one k. So, but you're waiting know. for that six hundred to become two hundred. What are you doing? <laughs> no, I got, I got it out. <laughs> Leave me alone, will you? Fine. Uh, I got a speaking of beat and Bitcoin. I got a Beetlejuice update. One of the greatest whack packers, if not the greatest whack packer of all time. If you don't know Beetlejuice, then you don't know this show. He was born with uh, dwarfism and microcephalia or something like that. Microcephaly. Microcephaly, yeah. Which basically means he had like a small head and a small body, right? Who, yes. me? Yeah, you. Me? By the way, we don't see much of Beat anymore. He lives down hey. in Georgia with his sister. And the last time we heard of him was May 2022. We're hoping to get an update soon, but we just haven't seen him. We don't know what the fuck's going on. I guess, you know, health reasons or whatever. Beat doesn't come on anymore, but we as, miss him. As all of us, uh, Beetle has aged. Yep. And he's got some issues. Yeah, I think his head shrunk. He's like, at the, his head's the size <laughs> of an avocado now. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. But... uh 
I do. If you miss beat, I can play a game with you. The last time he was here, literally in twenty uh, May of twenty, yeah, May of twenty twenty two. It was this year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We saw him this year. Yeah. We did record a game with him. If you want to play and maybe love him that way. Oh, there's a guy Brad on the phone. He says he's an investor in crypto and he can answer questions. But I don't have really a question. I don't care about it. I'm not. I'm not in it. Right? You do you have any questions? Mm-mm. Yeah. Let me tell him. Hey, Brad, we, we don't have any questions. Yeah, that's all right. It's um, So it's kind of crazy because all these people apparent that run the company were apparently down in the Bahamas. That's where they live. That's where they run the company. And they're all in relationships with each other. And the amount of money that's gone is like $10 billion or something. So it's like a Bernie Madoff, Enron type of event. And a lot yeah. of you know retail investors are getting hurt. Um, but it's kind of a crazy story just with all the, you know, relationships and yeah, I'm a, the biggest, I no offense. I'm not going to get into it. I'm kind of bored with the whole thing. I don't know what's going on. I, I hate it. I hate it. I hate crypto because I don't understand it. That's yeah, all. I don't understand the problem any of that. With crypto is because there's no regulation. A lot of people with bad intentions can get a hold of you and tell you they're selling you crypto. You want to talk to a guy who made a lot of money from Bitcoin? He wants to brag about it. Okay. Let me give him a, a positive word here. Go ahead, Brendan. Hey, how's it going, Howdy? First of all, sorry about Yoda. But really, really yeah. sorry to hear that. My boy. Um, that's my boy, going? Yoda. I know. I know it's tough, man. I went through that like a year ago. It sucks. But um, uh, Robin nailed it, as always. Is the, the reason people like it is because of all the how you can hide it. No government behind it. You can trade it between two people. It has nothing to do with government regulation. But so why does everybody hate like, the government so much, Brendan? You may, let I me know. ask you. You're a smart guy. Like why? Like why do I want to hide my money from the government? I like that the government backs up the dollar and says, you know, listen, we insure this money if you put it in certain banks. I mean, that's Howard, they're trying to avoid another depression. Who wants to hide? Is just not for the United States. There are people right. who actually need. You know, when when the Afghan government fell, when we left. A lot of those people switched over to crypto oh, because okay. Okay. it would have been crazy to have exactly. actual whatever their currency was. At well, why that would okay? I I understand, but why would someone in America? Well, oh, we well, have banks. I wasn't. And in, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I, I mean, hunting for it. I wasn't hunting for it. A friend of mine's big into trading and all that. He said, "Hey, you got to buy." Spit. And I was like, "You was like, oh, no, no, I'm good. I'm good." And this was in, I think, 2019. It was about $1,600 for Bitcoin. And I said, yeah, all right, whatever. I'll, I'll buy one. I bought one. And in 2021, it, it was going up. I went in and he told me, he goes, hey, it's up to $22,000 today. And I'm like, what? So I just sold it right then. And he thought I was crazy. Oh, it's going to keep going. And he was right in the sense it went to 70 grand Bitcoin. Now it's down to 16. It's crashing. It's a total flim flam. But I was just Blind, it was just total luck. I'm not an invest, like an investor in that sense or savvy. I just well, I'll tell you advice, what. But I admire you for not being greedy. Here's a guy, you know, he got out of 22. That's so. That's like it used to drive me crazy when I would watch the yeah. show that how that Howie Mandel hosted Deal or No Deal. <laughs> these fucking exactly. people, they're out of their fucking minds. They get on these shows and they tell them one of these suitcases you could win a million dollars. 
and they start opening up the suitcases. Guys up to fifty, seventy thousand dollars. They go, you want to yeah, go on? Yeah. These idiots would go, yes, I want to go on, and they lose the whole thing. <laughs> I yeah. would take the seventy thousand. What seventy thousand dollars? Yeah, of course you did that. Yeah. You're smart, Brendan. That's the smart play. You got twenty two. You got out. Don't sit and tell and me were, about the seventy five. They were like. Yeah, they were like, "You're crazy! Wait, wait!" And I'm like, "Look," I said, "I went from sixteen hundred bucks to twenty two grand." It's like that's a win all day, all day. That's a win, right? And who cares what it? I don't care if it went to a million, because you don't know, right? It's a giant risk, and you can see everything falling apart. Because, like Robin said earlier, there's, there's nothing behind it. It's just, it's just this fiat currency floating in the ether that you really have yeah. nothing behind it. No government, nothing. You know. Look so. at this. Uh, I didn't know this. Uh. NFL quarterback Trevor Lawrence. Who's he play for? I don't know. Who's he play okay. for? I don't know. He's on the uh, is the Browns. I think I can't remember. Yeah, he's a anyway. long year guy that came out of school. Good quarterback, but I can't think of the team. Uh, Jacksonville, Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars. All right, thank Jacksonville, you. Jacksonville, thanks. Jacksonville, NFL right. quarterback. This is what it says. I don't know. They're claiming it's a fact. NFL quarterback Trevor Lawrence invested his entire signing bonus of twenty two million in crypto in twenty twenty one. Well, maybe he got out like Brendan did. I don't know. I hope so. Uh, they say here, our mayor in New York City, Mayor Eric Adams, took his first three paychecks and converted them to Bitcoin and Ethereum. NFL tight end Sean Culkin took his entire 2021 salary, a little over $900,000 in Bitcoin. Well, that's the other thing. All of these guys hooked up with celebrities and they had celebrities convinced that, yeah, you go ahead and take your salary in Bitcoin. You get your signing bonus in Bitcoin. You do this in Bitcoin or that in Bitcoin. And it legitimizes it for regular Joes, let's say. And then yeah, they want to follow yeah. what the what the celebrities are doing. They're the ones. I would imagine you guys get approached like that, right, Robin? And you guys get approached like that. Oh, hey, would you do this for Bitcoin? Because look at the names. Some of the names. No. Are Tom Brady. Yeah, I was going to say, we have no credibility with anybody. Nobody. No, <laughs> no advertisers <laughs> want to know from us. Nobody. You can't, I you told can't you. rip off anybody yeah. using us. <laughs> no, no. We're, yeah. we're, we're, it's weird that way. Oh, the, the, one, the one big ad that I was asked to be in for the Super Bowl, I was all excited. I told you that story. I was going to be in a Super Bowl ad. The ad agency calls up my agent and says, we want Howard for a Super Bowl commercial. And, I, you know, I don't jump at too many things, but I go, that'd be fucking cool. And I hear they pay a that'd ton cool. of dough. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be me and Tom Brady. And I forget who the sponsor was, but it was going to be Tom. It was like winners do this, you know, guys who are, you know, and then like losers that they would show me. <laughs> what, wasn't that the ad? It was some kind of Something commercial. Like where that. Uh, there was, it was like a, a goofus and gallant kind of thing. Where yeah, it was like Tom did everything right and you were a mess. Yeah, like like I'm some sort of douche. I think it might have been an underwear commercial. I think you might have missed out on something there. You know, you <laughs> yeah, yeah I, it was something like that. Like Tom Brady wears this brand of underwear and then he's walking around and the chicks are, you know, they love him and this and that. It was almost like. Um, Tom Brady was the example of something angelic, and then I was like a piece of shit. Like I was yeah. the, the like you I was the, the bottom of his shoe. <laughs> I was the Danny DeVito character in Twins, you know, to his Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> and I was just like, "Fuck you, fuck your money, fuck this advertisement." I'm not going on the Super Bowl, being the antithesis of the to winner. Be trashed. That, to be That's trashed. Yeah. 
And I just fucking said, and, no and way. And we're going to pay was, in crypto. And we're going to pay in crypto on top of dude, that. I, I was yeah. a crushed human being. I was so pissed. I was so disappointed. Yeah, when like, you, oh. you thought this was great and then you saw the concept. And it was like, oh, this is this is no plus. And then the only yeah. other time that they were offering me. Uh, thanks, Brendan. I'm going to let you go. The only other time it was uh, a bunch of years ago. I don't even know how many years ago. I got approached by an ad agency through my agent. To be in a Coca-Cola commercial, either Coke or Pepsi, I don't know, one of the two big ones. And I was all excited about it. And then um, it was a pretty funny commercial, too, they had written. The ad agency, you know, they read it to me. I liked it. When Coca-Cola caught wind of what the ad agency, that was the end of that. They go, we're oh. not putting. Yeah, they, they took it. They took it right out, that idea. They were like, we're not putting Howard Stern in our commercial. I was like, oh, fuck you. I was going to make some big-ass money in Coca-Cola. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to pay me in Coca-Cola. <laughs> uh, you know, but if you look at, you know, who they have had in those commercials, <laughs> they should have taken you. <laughs> Some exactly. of those reputations didn't work out too well. You, you mean Michael Jackson, maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ralph, what up? Hey, it's Ralph. Hey, how, how fucking insulting that commercial. Was there, was there money? Was there like, was it a shitload of money? You just said, fuck, no way. Or was it not even to that? I point? never, you mean, the, you mean the commercial with Tom Brady? Tom Brady and you. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, no, I know exactly. I never found out the money. I knew it. You know, listen, I'm sure those ads, they pay a fortune. But once I heard the concept, I go, fuck this. You mean Tom? <laughs> you. Like, like the golden boy. And then the opposite of the golden boy was me. Like, like here's. Yeah, I'm telling you, Danny, think Danny DeVito and twins. Like, like I was the, the leftover sperm. Like. Like, do you know how Danny DeVito hardly was the human. bad sperm? Yeah, yeah hardly, hardly human. human. And like how great Tom Brady is and how fucking disgusting I am. And I go, who the fuck? Get him, get him, get someone else. <laughs> I'd Who's like to hear going that to take that role? Nobody. I never saw that commercial. Yeah. It's worse than Danny DeVito because Danny DeVito was at least short and looked different. It's like you're <laughs> just really nasty. Yeah, like 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 here's a really good looking guy, all American, and here's a witch, and I was the witch. <laughs> <laughs> Awful. All right, hey, I, I gotta go. Uh, yeah, you know, I, mean? I just love this crypto thing. I mean, this is—it's so fucking ridiculous. The guy, everybody who's involved with this, for the most part, is sketchy. You got these people running around who don't know what it is, who are promoting it. It's like fucking monopoly money. And that guy from FTX right. is run—he's running a hedge fund. Uh, I don't know anything about it. I don't. If he, I'm hanging up on Rob because he starts saying shit. Next thing I know, I'll be thrown off Twitter. Huh? I don't know what he—you know—he seems to know everything. <laughs> He starts disparaging everyone. I don't know. All, the point of the thing was, I don't know about crypto. That's all. That's all I'm saying. And maybe it's good. Maybe it's bad. But I don't know anything. Yeah. About it. I mean, anyway, there are legitimate people in it okay. you know, who believe in it and all of that. Let's have some fun, Robin. Real quick game. Yeah. And then I'll take a break because I see already it's 830 and I got a shitload of things to get to. Um, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice game. game. Beetlejuice game. Beetlejuice. Now, what is the object here? Well, first of all, he knows what he knows, and he knows what he has. <laughs> but can he name simple things? Okay. All right. Like, I'll name a simple thing, like a movie. And you just have to tell me if 
Beetlejuice can give me an example, you know, give me, understand oh, okay. the concept. All you know. right. Like here, I'll give you a practice question. We asked Beetlejuice to name a president. Do you think Beetlejuice can name a president? He's got to be able to name a president. You say yes. Yes. I All know right. he's attached president to something. Okay. Here we go. Let's see if you're right. Listen carefully. Happy Lincoln. I already know about that. He's been dead for years, man. Happy Lincoln. He's been dead for 20 years, man. Well, you'd be there right. Happy Lincoln. He's been dead for 20 years. What do you say, Hebleb Lincoln? Uh, I'll take that as a, that, anything <laughs> Lincoln, I'll say. Hebleb Lincoln. <laughs> Hebleb Lincoln, I already know about that. He's been dead for years, man. Hebleb Lincoln, he's been dead for 20 years, man. Hebleb Lincoln. All right, but that's an ex- In other words, Robin, we play this liberally and loosely, and that's how he you got win the Lincoln game. out. I don't know what he, Lincoln's first name is now, Hebleb or Abraham, but it's Lincoln. All right, let's see. Let's let me spiel them out here. I'll reel them out, and you tell me if yes or no. Okay, can Beetlejuice uh, name a fast food restaurant? Yes or no? Yes. Fast food. Let's see if you're right. It does hot dogs down here. No restaurant down here. I don't make up a nothing, do you? Answer well, is no. Well, he said hot dog. That's a fast food. It's a fast food, <laughs> but it ain't a fast food restaurant. <laughs> By the way. I understood hot dogs, and the rest is completely anyone's guess. Is there hot dogs down here? No restaurant down here. Y'all don't make up a nothing, do you? I love how Beat can say a bunch of gibberish and still make it sound like you're the idiot for not understanding. All right. Can Beat name a planet, Robin? Oh, no. No. You say no. No. All right. Well, lock her in on another. All right. See how well you know, B. Everybody <laughs> lives on the planet, man. People live on Earth, man. Oh, no. Couldn't name a restaurant. <laughs> he knew Earth. Not such Surprising. an easy game. Surprising. Don't you remember when Beat came in here? He, dressed, uh, he was dressed up as an astronomer with a big yeah. telescope. You should have known that one. <laughs> All right. Can Beat name an NFL football team? Yes. Okay. Let's see if you're right. Listen carefully. Football team? The Ravens, you dickhead. He meant the Ravens. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you're right. Uh, the Rangers are a hockey team. Right? <laughs> you dickhead. <laughs> Football team? The Rangers, you dickhead. Well, there it is. Robbie, you're not doing well with this. No. All right. Can Beetlejuice name a state? We said to Beat, can you name a yes. state? He can you say yes. State. He knows wow. what state he lives in. All right, but how do you even know he knows? confusion. Well, I'll take confusion as an answer. Well, he did say Earth, so he knows where the fuck That's he right. is. That's so. right. He must know something about right. geography. You should be able to get this right. Me? I know which state I'm living in. I live in Georgia, bro. There you go. Thank you were right. You. There you go. Okay. Don't you feel good when you win? I do. I feel accomplished. I'm not an idiot. All right, here's a tough one. Can Beetlejuice name a number that comes after 10? Any uh, number after 10? No, no, no. No? All right, let's see. I know what 10 is. You ain't got to tell me. I already know what 10 is. Number five? 
Close. We've heard him count and spell a number of times. That's not his strong suit. Yeah, if you if you had gotten that wrong, I would have been very very upset with you. <laughs> Can Beetlejuice name a season? This is a tough one. A season. Uh, I'm gonna say yes. Wow, you got a lot of confidence in the little guy. All right, lock her in on a yes. Here we go. B. Man, this is winter time, man. This is April, <laughs> April 25th, man. This ain't this <laughs> Christmas time. This is winter time. Don't come in to the, to the, to the next year. Very good, Rob. Very good. Um, also, hey, as long as you're craving beet, I know he's, who knows when we'll see him again, but I can give you a little bit more Beetlejuice. Uh, you guys know that he is a talented singer-songwriter. Uh, Beat's been on a hot streak uh, in 2022. He started the year by debuting his reggae hit, Nobody Making Love Beside Nobody. If you remember that one, that was a fu- it was fucking good. I love to get to that pussy, baby. Big pussy, yeah. Yeah. Uh, nobody making love beside nobody. All right. He knows I'm a man. Well, you know this song is great. Um, what did we say about Beat? He's like kind of a less fucked up Kanye West. You know what I mean? He's in that right. controversy. I just um, heard that lyric. Nobody's got balls between their eyes. Yeah, or nobody like does. That. Speaking the truth. <laughs> Beat Marley. <laughs> I mean, uh, the one thing you got to say about Beat, he's got more charisma than guys with heads twice his size. He really <laughs> does. He wasn't given a lot in life, but I'll tell you what, the fucking guy can sing. Um, and in fact, I'll remind you that he followed that up with an emotional love song for Valentine's Day entitled Me and You, which I thought was great. Uh, do you remember this one? I don't. Coming at you. songs you can fuck to like a uh, pint-sized luther vandross <laughs> can you imagine sitting down to a romantic meal this is like <laughs> <laughs> why i think it's good i you know think that... some movies gotta grab that <laughs> here's a here's a bit of trivia ronnie and stephanie are walking down the aisle of this <laughs> Yeah. 
Anyway, uh, now Beatles releasing a brand new dance song. I thought I would get it out there today in honor of Beat. All right. Uh, it's kind of a club banger. I present to you Some Bitches La La La, which is his new single. Some Bitches La La La, already a big dance hit in the clubs and uh, soon to be, I'm sure, heard on every radio station in the country. Here is the premiere of Some Bitches La La La. By the way, I interviewed Pete about this song. Some bitches refers to the Supreme Court. It's a political protest song, believe it or not. Oh, yeah, I didn't know that. I yeah. would never have yeah. guessed. I went to a strip club. I got a lap dance to this. That's how popular it is already. By the way, this is what they fuck to in mental institutions. <laughs> Did you watch the European uh, Video Music Awards? I did not. The, the Beatle performed this, and it swept every award category. <laughs> I love him. I love him. And uh, in honor of Beat's new hit song, Sirius XM is bringing back a fan favorite, the Beatle Channel. Here's a promo for that. Wow. The music that changed the world is coming to Sirius XM. Back by popular demand, the Beatle Channel. Oh, me? Yes, you. Hell yeah. Featuring never-before-heard interviews. On video, I've seen Beetlejuice naked, and it's pretty impressive. The the size of his uh, penis, it's impressive. You know, he you can tell you can tell he keeps in shape. Thank you. Duets with legendary musicians like Snoop Dogg, Big Frida, and Sean Paul. Give the juice, the Beetlejuice. Hosted by Beetle himself. Sell your money up the pussy, baby. I roll well. about that. I roll everything about it. The Beetle Channel. Exclusively on Sirius XM. Beetle. I don't know. You don't know. The Beetle uh, doing a duet uh, there with the legendary Leslie West. Everybody loves yes. it. Uh, by the way, uh, this just in. Beat's picture is already hanging in Jennifer Witz's office. She's so excited Replacing about yours? What are you talking replace about? <laughs> mine and Andy Cohen. Hey, what about uh, now the Bruce Springsteen interview I announced earlier, in case you didn't hear it. It's going to be on HBO. I guess I'll win an Emmy for that, right? Me and Bruce. Oh, my God. You're getting right. closer to EGOT status. <laughs> EGOT? <laughs> I got a long way to go. <laughs> I got that Radio Hall of Fame award, though, and the Best Hair Award. I've got, let's see, Radio Hall of Fame and the Best Hair Award. That's not EGOT, but it's good enough. <laughs> it's something. Yeah. The other day I was trying to read a book, so I lit J.D. on fire and uh, was able to read. <laughs> hey, so uh, one thing that made me, you know, I happen to believe... And and I, I remember when I interviewed my father on the radio, I I asked him about what what is what is the one message he has for the future generations. This was way before he died, but he said the environment. We only got one place to live, and we're fucking it all up. And 
So I admire like Greta Thunberg and um, the environmental people and all that. But when I hear about this shit, I do get conflicted. I, 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 I know we're in desperate times. I know the planet's in trouble. I think we're now up to something like 8 billion people. I think we're set to hit 8 billion people on this planet. Really? Too many people. Who is so busy making people? You know, yeah, well, Nick Cannon, he's got 12. <laughs> that, that's true. He's <laughs> responsible. Know? Yeah, I mean, it is kind of wild to have 12 children in the day and age where there's almost 8 billion people. and uh, To not even think about it, because you don't put a lot of thought in it when two women are having your baby at the same time. Yeah. But I was reading about this uh, climate protest. And... uh there's a group called Just Stop Oil. And they went into a museum called the National Gallery in London. And they threw tomato soup on Van Gogh's sunflowers. Van Gogh was yeah. a great painter. Van Gogh had a fucked up life. Never sold a painting his entire career. His brother. Listen to this. Van Gogh would do a painting. His brother felt bad for him. He would he would have people buy. He would pay for it. He would buy yeah, it. Yeah, he would Van pay Gogh's. for it. Yeah. Yeah. He would buy Van Gogh, his brother's paintings, but Van Gogh was just completely unrecognized during his life. And now, I mean, if he woke up from the dead, he'd, he'd drop dead because he wouldn't believe how much his paintings go for. But anyway, in the National Gallery, Van Gogh's sunflowers are there. And the protesters came in, they threw tomato soup on the sunflowers, and then they super glued their hands to the wall of the museum. You know, because, and, and here I got tape of it. I got tape of it. Here you go. Here it is. Security. What is worth more, art or life? Is it worth more than food? Worth more than justice? Are you more concerned about the protection of a painting or the protection of our planet and people? Millions of people are dying in monsoons, wildfires and severe drought. We cannot afford new oil and gas. It is going to take everything we know and love. These environmental chicks, man, they, they must be hard to date because uh, they probably yell at you for everything. Like, like you just kind of like, hey, honey, I'd like to take you out to dinner. How dare you consume, you know, or something like that. I mean, you know, they can yell. But, uh, they, you know, I don't know how you feel about it. I'm, a, I'm I feel terrible about what's going on on the planet. But taking a van, going, throwing tomato soup on it, man, that is not cool. I don't know. Well, you know, the thing is that. Your protest doesn't do anything. No. It only enrages people. It it damages a fine piece of art. And nothing will change about the environment. It's an ineffective way to protest. I agree. I mean, it makes me angry but that they did that to a Van Gogh painting. I mean, she's got to you're on their it. side. That's my point. You're on their side. Right. They're and turning they're pissing me off. you off. Chick like that's got to have a hairy bush, right? She doesn't shave. Oh, she's not shaving anything. No fucking way. <laughs> I could, I will bet any amount of money that chick has never shaved her bush ever. <laughs> she, I mean, she, listen she, to her. She, she can, she can braid her. Yeah. <laughs> she could use, uh, she could dip her bush in the tomato soup and paint <laughs> a protest. Security. 
worth more, art or life? Ooh. Yeah. I'm pretty sure she's like full in on using like twigs as tampons. She probably won't even use them because they fuck twigs. up the environment. That's right. That's how early woman used to control the flow. Yeah, and then uh, I read that uh, Greta Thunberg, who's now 19 years old, she's not a little girl anymore, but she is not attending this year's 27th annual United Nations Climate Change Conference. And that's like me not showing up to my own birthday show. I mean, she's the, she gotta go, she's but she says, the girl. she's the face of the environmental concern. She says she's all pissed off because she goes, I go to these conferences with these big corporations and then nothing happens afterwards. So she's not going to attend. And, uh, she, she accused the leaders of greenwashing because what they do, it's almost like, you know, there's no immediate change and, uh, Greenwashing is like gradual progress. Like they promise stuff, but nothing right, ever happens. Yeah. So she won't go anymore and they're all pissed off. So Greta Thunberg is. Wonder what she thinks of um, th- this idea of throwing soup on a, on a beautiful piece of art and, and ruining it. I mean. Is she there? The f- is that who it is? Well, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, How dare you? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> hi hi greta uh, can i ask you a serious question yes harry do you do you shave or have a giant bush how dare you okay all right listen do you support climate activists who throw things at pieces of art yes i do to hell with art you fret over damaged art while mother earth chokes on the dirty deeds of our arrogance how dare you mm. i'll tell you what I, I think it turns people off. I, you know, I, I get it. The world's nuts right now and the, and, and the climate is all fucked up and the population hit 8 billion people. COVID's still around. I know it's like, uh, it's yes. a bad. COVID. Yes. 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 <laughs> yes. Yes. Yes, COVID yes. is killing people, and it is wonderful. Finally, we cleanse the planet of humanity. Oh. The number one cause of harm to Mother Earth is humans. COVID is not a plague, you silly man. It's a great environmentalist. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, yes. you see, I think you go. Do you you don't shave your bush? Do you have a smelly bush? No. No. All right. No. Well, anyway, I think your advice is dangerous about uh, COVID and uh, and all this stuff. I, no, and you're wrong. No, you're wrong. No lives matter. You must die. <laughs> Everyone listen to me. Smoke while you're pregnant. Text while you drive. Skydive without a parachute. Swim with sharks. Play Russian roulette. I'll put in the me, bullet. Yeah. What? Okay. What are you doing? If you're not going to the big summit, what are you going to do? What are you going to do to help the cause? Mm, funny you should ask. I am at the British Museum right now. Oh, no. I'm going. Oh, yes. I'm going to protest fossil fuels by defecating on this 3,000-year-old mummy. Wait a second. Yes, my poop is everywhere. Is that now, diarrhea? Oh, yes. Lovely diarrhea. All the ancient paintings and sculptures. Ew, my poopy is all over 
Are you wiping or are you just shitting everywhere? I'm shitting and spraying everywhere. Let it fly. Let the sea spread. Let everyone die. What a protest. Oh, my God. And now, now I'm going to smear the Magna Carta with my womanly blood. (laughs) (laughs) My expression. Your excretion. Period. I'm protesting. I'm protesting the killing of Earth with my inner body fluids. Well, that's really Isn't sticking that it. Bad for the environment. Yeah, I guess it's really sticking it to the big oil company. My fluids are natural, unlike the unholy alliance on gas and oil and meat. <laughs> Their ears are full of meat. People, no one's trying to stop you. I mean, people sound horrified. Uh, I can Is there hear no one at the British Museum? <laughs> I'm shedding my blood. Don't shield the children's eyes. They must see this. This is their future. All right. There you go. <laughs> Good Lord. What a, pro- what a protest. All right. Thank you. What, what could she have eaten? That, I don't uh, know. I'm saying that she needs to be looked at. You're sending me off to medical experts. Somebody better get a hold of her. She's got a problem. Oh, my God. Uh, let's talk to Joey, who uh, is in California. A couple of people here. Go ahead. Howard, uh, I agree with you, man. This protest shit, the world's so crazy as artists. And you, you're now part of the Brotherhood. You're a painter. It's ridiculous. These people are fucking destroying this stuff, man. It's crazy. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Now, I mean, I'm not a, I'm not Van Gogh, obviously, but I know I work hard on my paintings. Like when I paint something, it takes me sometimes months to knock out one of these paintings, and it would destroy me if somebody, you know, shat on my or threw tomato soup on a painting I did because I work hard on them. I, I mean, I don't know. I, it doesn't seem like I think, For as Robin like said, Van Gogh. It's yeah. not even like a hobby. Right. They can't not well, do it. It would make them more crazy than they are. It was the guy's life. So, Howard, I'm, yeah. a, I'm a painter myself, and I just want to say that since you've become a painter, your interviews <laughs> have become insanely amazing. Like with the process. Because I never went to art school. And when you talk to these other artists, the musicians and stuff, it's the same thing that the world interacts. So I really, really appreciate your interviews lately, man. You, as a painter, has have have evolved so much as a person. And fuck all these people that talk shit about you. I, I mean, yeah. I grew up on you, man. I grew up on you, so thank you. Well, thank you, Joey. Yeah, Robin, fuck all these people who... Thank you, 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 thank Exactly. I'm wonderful. You can't talk shit about me. You know, I'm probably days away from the Nobel Peace Prize. And a sainthood. You know, the Pope is considering you. And an Emmy. Now that HBO is. Right? HBO gets Emmys. I'm on HBO. the EGOT collection with the Emmy. I'm now part of the HBO family. I should be oh, given some award. Nobody ever gives me awards except for shitty awards, like the Radio well, Hall no, of Fame. the Blockbuster Award, that came that's from, true. you know, a movie. Like a, yeah. that's not even like 
any of the streams you would be standing in normally. So I hate to tell you I this, think, Robin. What? I, t- I tell people about my Blockbuster Award and they laugh in my face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the painting, this is uh, the, the Van Gogh painting was protected by a glass screen and did not suffer damage. Oh, that's good news. Okay, there yes. you go. Oh. Here's a guy who says he's uh, for vandalizing art. Okay. Go ahead, Joe. How do you figure? Hey there, Howard. How are you? Hey now, Joe in Canada. Yeah, so, you know, look, I got to say, when I heard about this, I think that this is, this is, this is fine, right? Because we got to bring attention to what's going on in the world. And there's so much, there's so much, there's so many distractions going on. You've got Twitter, you've got TikTok, you've got, you know, everything going on in the world. It, it, we're, we're inundated with too much information. So if you need to get your message across about saving this planet, I don't see a problem with, with vandalizing a piece of art to get that message across. I mean, it's worth a lot of money, sure. But, you know, regular people... The value of the art doesn't mean anything to the rest of the world, but the people who are collecting it. Joe, I hear your point. I mean, I remember when uh, Superman's father, Jor-El, was screaming that Krypton was going to explode. He couldn't get anybody. He knew. He was a scientist. He said Krypton is going to explode, and uh, that's why he built a rocket ship to send um, Kal-El, his son here, uh, Superman. But uh, he kept screaming. He kept saying, the planet's going to burst. You guys got to listen to me. He should have thrown a few cans of soup on some paintings. Maybe someone would have listened, but I don't no, know. No, they would have locked him up and put him in the phantom zone. <laughs> right. But um, I'll tell you the truth. I, I don't know. And I hear your point, Joe. And, and there is nothing more important than the saving the planet. But Well, Joe says something. All of the distractions are TikTok and Facebook and Snap and whatever these other social media outlets are. That's where your message should be. Yeah, but it get lost. If it you want to get, no, it's it's where the people are. Yeah, they're, but they're, you know, yeah, but, you just talked about you just talked about that painting having the the tomato soup splashed on it. They didn't hear about it. Right, they were busy um, tweeting and you know putting filters on their pictures. Well, someday we're going to come up with the perfect protest. And everyone will listen, but we just haven't hit it yet. Like, we got to. Well, I don't think these people will ever come up with the perfect protest because they have the wrong attitude. They're angry at people for not understanding something. The best protest ever in the history of protests was during the Vietnam War. Why? Because everybody, first of all, a bunch of guys who didn't want to go to war were being drafted into a war that was completely unjustified. But it was exactly the people who were being affected who were protesting, and their protest was to not participate. That's part of it, and also their parents participated, and when everyone started to really stand up and get counted, then it worked. Well, that was when uh, they saw bodies coming back that parents all of a sudden started. That'll do uh, it getting on board but it was the people who were going to go themselves who mounted the first waves of that protest and maybe they destroyed art maybe they blew up things but that wasn't what legitimized the protest 
I'm so mad at you for going on a fast and not saying that it was for protesting the environment because that could have gotten us a lot of press and you uh, selfishly did it for health reasons. And when I then ended it, we would have been of the laughing stock. She couldn't no. even maintain her her protest. Eight day protest. That's pretty good. Nobody would <laughs> well, have next time. Next time. That'll be the reason I'm protest. I'm fasting. The greatest protest song ever written. Take a guess, Robin. What is it? The greatest protest song. Oh, well, you, you could say Imagine. Nope. Wrong. Or uh, Freedom. Wrong. Freedom was good. That was Richie Havens. But Four, uh, four Dead in Ohio. Very good guess. Not quite the answer, but probably number Woods, two. No, not Woodstock. No, no, no come on. No. Now, uh, the song is, you want me to give you the answer or you want ahead. to keep guessing? Go ahead. Creedence Clearwater Revival, Fortunate Son. Oh. Best protest song ever. You can't argue it. It's the greatest. Oh, I could. No, you couldn't. I no, could, don't just argue to I argue. <laughs> Fred, hit it. Play a little bit. Coming at you, WNBC. What's with the beep? Take the beep out. I don't know. Fred, you doing that? Turn that off. What's that beeping? Is that you, Joe? No, it wasn't been... me. was not me. Fred, is that you? Fred, it's you me. I'm hospital? sharing a computer with another sound effect thing. Hold on a second. Oh, fuck. <laughs> fucking Fred, you fucking... thought he was on life support. I know. Forget it. Like, is, is Fred in uh, on a respirator? What's going on? Thank you, Fred. <laughs> Fucking guy, man. Trying to do a show here. All right, all right, forget it. I don't want it anymore. He's sharing a computer with another sound effects thing. I think he's bullshitting. Fred, you I think you're bullshitting. That, Not was bullshitting. that Fred creating... <laughs> Fred, you hit you hit Fortunate Son and then a beeping I, sound effect. I have came a up? music system that I share on a computer with a sound effect system. Well, why do we do that? Uh because there are sometimes when I don't have enough computers. And so you hit Fortunate Son and that sun randomly came up that song, that beep? It, you know, there's some there's something crazy about that system. I don't know why, but uh yeah, it happens occasionally. It's almost like you're a protester. Like, like you just threw fucking soup all over yeah. Creedence Clearwater Revival. Sorry about that. Ruined I it. love that song, too. <sighs> all right. What's that noise? Do you hear that noise? That's Joe. That ain't me. That's, him on, that's oh, Joe. That's on Joe's the, uh, phone. Yeah. Oh. All right, Joe, I got to go. I hear your point, but right, I don't now. agree with it. I, I, I don't like them throwing. I don't like throwing soup on, on paintings. Mike in Florida, what's up? Hey, Howard, how are you doing? Hey, I know. Um, yeah, you know, I, Joe has a, a point where protests are necessary, but to destroy a piece of art, it, it, you know, this is our cultural heritage and our our, our cultural identity as as a, a human beings, and and that's not the way to do it, man. It, you know, protest, yeah. but it's a money thing. It's uh, no, I don't buy it's a money thing, and they're, it's expensive. Yeah, it's expensive, but it's our history. 
And the slap in the face to our, our combined history, and I just don't think that's the way to go. Although, you know, protesters later on sort of like, you know, when you look at stuff in retrospect, you go, thank God for protesters like... Um, Absolutely. Like the Dixie Chicks. I remember when they protested, you know, George Bush and the fucking war and all that. Everybody was on their case. They almost ended their career, and now everybody praises them for it. Yeah, but they didn't destroy anything No, in the process. Not. My point is when people get destructive, like, you know, the weather underground and all of that stuff, that was all part of the Vietnam protest. Those people were sent to jail if they were caught. They weren't yeah. praised ever. That's true. All right, Mike. Thanks. All right. Thanks, Eric. Hey, Mike. Yeah. Hold on. I think Greta Thunberg wants to yell at <laughs> you. say something? <laughs> yeah, Greta, go ahead. Speak to Mike. How dare you? Art is nothing. The environment is everything. <laughs> oh, thank how you. How dare you, Greta? Go Shut ahead. up, you monster. Howard, you know where I am now? <laughs> where are you? I'm in your living room, smearing my feces on your beach painting. How <laughs> <laughs> dare you. I'm going to come up there. I'm gonna... That's a celebrated painting. Oh, my God. You know how long I, I worked on that for months. You, oh, you are just I, a terrible person. I hope Dan's papers prints this. <laughs> <laughs> are you you're, you're shitting diarrhea all over my painting to protest I'm the environment? For your paintings because paintings don't matter. Only Mother Earth matters. Well, couldn't you say that his painting is really talking about saving the environment? Yeah, that's an environmental no. painting. No, his painting was printed on paper. Paper comes from trees and trees are dying. <laughs> I mean, no. door closed. No. Okay. Wait, wait. Uh. Uh, I guess I should have told Greta I'm a landscape architect and an arborist, so <laughs> no, don't tell her anything. She'll yell at oh, you. No. And, uh, John Fogarty from Creedence Clearwater Revival is on the phone. Good morning, Mr. Fogarty. Good morning. I'd like to have a word with that prick. Fred, fucking asshole, ruined my big break. Howard, you were playing my song. <laughs> Where the fuck is John from, by the way? Where are what? you from, John? Yeah, this this doesn't sound like a legitimate uh, California accent. Well, this doesn't sound like a legitimate Fred, fucking prick. Drink my pee. <laughs> drink my pee. Fred's got to drink my pee. All right. Thank you, John Fogarty, who hates Fred for playing beeping sound effects. <laughs> and, I, and I hate the crappy CCR guy, too. So, Who do you hate? The guy who was trying to sound like John Fogarty. All right. Yeah. So we're even. All right. Hey, I got something um, I, I'm anxious to play for you before I get to some of the fan mail and... Uh, Maybe I should even do a little obituary for Gallagher, because that's kind of a weird story. I missed I that hear. one. Gallagher's gone? Is it the Gallagher. real Gallagher? Real Gallagher. Comedian Gallagher died. You what, what, I got a good flirty Gary. You want flirty Gary or you want the obituary for Gallagher? What do you want first? I, I want to hear about Gallagher. Really? Yes. Over flirty Gary? Okay. It's so interesting, his life. All right. Here, I'll give you a brief synopsis because I want to okay. get the flirty Gary. Uh, Gallagher was a comedian for those of you, uh, people who are young. He was a, uh, how do I describe it? He's a stand up comedian 
And uh, he, he was quite famous. He was the first comedian to ever host a stand-up special on Showtime, believe it or not. Yeah. Gallagher. And it made him a household name. He was he was known for this routine called Sledge-O-Matic. Sledge-O-Matic was he'd stand up and he would smash a watermelon right onto the audience. I know. It sounds weird, but it was a big deal. Yeah. One of, the, I guess they call that prop comedy. Yeah. Because he played he was, it. He, yeah. At the end of his show, the people in the front row had to wear raincoats, and he played a salesman smashing food with a sledgehammer and always ended with a bit where he'd smash a watermelon. And, uh, yeah, here I can play you some of it. Probably doesn't, it doesn't play well over the radio. You got to imagine him smashing watermelons all over the audience. I did not come here tonight to make you laugh. I came here to sell you something. I want you to pay particular attention because the amazing Master Tool Corporation, a subsidiary of Fly by Night Industries, has entrusted who? Me. To show you the handiest and the dandiest kitchen tool you've ever seen. And don't you want to know how it works? Yeah. Well, first, you get out an ordinary apple or two. You place the apple between. Flatten the pan. Then what do you do, gang? It's simple. You reach for the tool. There's not a slice. There is not a dice. There is not a chopper and a hopper. What in the hell could it possibly be? It is sledge-o-matic. Crowds loved it. People um, got in line and and paid special prices, I think, to be in that front area where you had to wear the plastic. It was weird when they, at his funeral, they took his body and smashed it with a sledgehammer <laughs> as a tribute. <laughs> But anyway, what did comedian get? First of all, he was 76 years old Mm. and he died of organ failure last week. And that to me, I was like, that's not enough of an explanation. What do you mean organ failure? How do you die of that? I'm not satisfied with organ failure as an explanation. Organ failure seems like you should have been a lot older. Like if all of your organs are failing at the same time, you should be like a hundred something. And do your organs really fail at the same time? Robin doesn't like. Don't you? That your is heart either fail? a catastrophic illness, or like I said, extreme old age. Well, if anyone was uh, stressed out, had to be Gallagher because this was the part of his life that we were always fascinated with on this show. There was a time when we used to talk about it every day. There were actually two Gallagher's. What happened is Gallagher shot to fame. And his brother, Ron, Ron Gallagher, started touring as Gallagher, too. <laughs> so people, it's fucking crazy, right? Gallagher yeah. said to his brother, hey, I, I'm in so in demand. Why don't you go out and be Gallagher, too? And I guess Gallagher, too, would go do a date. Like, you'd go to see Gallagher. You don't read the fine print, Gallagher, too. <laughs> it's like going to see the Beatles and seeing, you know, Ringo's brother. But uh, anyway, people would go, and, and it would be Gallagher, too. And uh, he did the same exact act. It was Gallagher's act. He, he smashed up the fruit. And for some reason, this was working for a while. I think Gallagher, too, would give Gallagher, one, some cut of the money or whatever the arrangement was, or maybe not. I don't even know. I don't, I don't know remember. what the business arrangement was. But at some point, the original Gallagher got good and pissed off at Gallagher, too, his brother, <laughs> and said, knock it it's off. I don't want you. It's like he created his own nightmare, though. Yeah. So uh, it got bitter. And after a while, they went, he went, the original Gallagher ended up suing his brother for trademark infringement after his brother refused to stop being Gallagher too. <laughs> <laughs> and I did interview Gallagher 
in 2000 and 2008. And then I interviewed Gallagher, too, in 1995. <laughs> and I don't remember. I don't remember whose side I was on or I didn't understand. I, I just don't remember how crazy the whole thing got. But And then this part I didn't know. I didn't know anything about this. But uh, it t- towards the end of his career... Gallagher's, I, I thought Gallagher was like non-controversial, but his jokes became more controversial. He started telling them, quote unquote, someone's here saying he might have told some racist and homophobic jokes. Oh, dear. And Mark Marin, the podcaster, who is excellent actor, by the way, I saw him in the movie Two Leslie, and I told you he's really good in it. But Mark Marin asked Gallagher about these so-called homophobic and racist jokes. They got into a yelling match. And Gallagher wow. stormed off, yeah? <laughs> Culturally, you've got a reputation, and I am... So you I, read a couple of articles I, look, before I, this interview, dude, and I'm decided the guy that uh, no, 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 was right no, than me. No, I just asked you the jokes, and you addressed the jokes. One night, I told some I heard on the street, and? everybody's up in arms over it. No, no, but... but we, I'm the problem. Do you think when I'm dead, gays will finally have an opportunity in America? Have I really been holding them down? No, you, you don't, you don't hold down... The no, 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 wait a minute. You don't, you don't hold gays down. Well, then you what's be, the problem with no, me? No, I don't have any problem with you. I'm just saying that you reaffirm prejudice by okay, making Okay, can we tell a Jew joke that they don't want to pay? Why? It's not true. It's not true? Why do people laugh? Because it's a stereotype that's been established. Most people that you laugh at those jokes don't even have a so Jew in their life. Black comedians only talk about the difference between blacks and whites. Parts of stereotypes are obviously true. The, the Jewish ones. Act well, no, but but if we're picking on white people, fat the people Jew and the money only thing. talk about fat. There's this midget comic that only does midget jokes. I watched his whole act. Well, one what night. else is he going to do? That's his wife. No, he could be generally funny. But, but most but, comedians are terrible. Okay. They should listen to me. Well, anyway, it got heated, and I think he left. And uh, I know uh, Kanye West is sitting shiva for Gallagher. He's very upset. <laughs> uh, but you know, who knows? I don't. I don't know about that part of his life. Well, I just know, know this is interesting because he was incredibly popular and yes. had a huge audience, and then everything went quiet. Robin, is this he, why? He did 14 TV specials. He performed live over 3,500 times. And he performed all the way up until COVID. When COVID hit, he kind of, I guess. Everybody had to stop. Yeah. Yeah. Who knew the guy who smashed his shit was, you know, angry and controversial? I didn't know that. I thought he was just like a nice prop comic who made people laugh. I thought he was only ever talking about smashing things. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Which we're very comfortable with. <laughs> that you can do. Mm. I uh, watched uh, Chappelle on Saturday Night Live. Now, I, I some people are saying they were upset even with that, um, with, with his uh, I monologue. Was, I was were you like upset with his monologue? Because I, I really appreciate Dave Chappelle. And when he started, I was like, uh, here we go. Because he I said thought, both things. What did he say? I don't, you know, he I, I just was laughing too that much. Kanye was wrong for saying what he said, but right. only because it would get you canceled and that what he was saying was basically true. Oh. 
No, no, no. I was laughing at the, um, there was a couple of jokes you in there. You weren't getting the, no. you know, you can't say the and Jew in the same sentence. And I've been to Hollywood and there are a lot of Jews there. Yeah, that's kind of fucked up, huh? That's fucked up. Yeah, I don't know. I hate when uh, comedians are judged too much. You know, I like... Right, yeah. I, I like comedians to talk about stuff. You know me. I mean, I like talking about everything, so... But by the same token, he went on and said, you ought to be able to say anything about anybody. Mm. He says he's getting tired of trying to entertain people, and then there's so much you can't say. But then I thought to myself, well, is he okay with white people using the word nigger? Right. Probably not. You know, because that's what I'm saying. All the time, people are saying what they don't want to have happen to them, but they're willing to have it happen to everybody else. You know who I feel bad for? I'm I'm sad that Gallagher missed out on Chappelle's monologue. I know. He would have been he gone back on it. tour. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. I it's, walked in. It's time to go back out on tour. I walked in this morning and... Uh, I said to the staff, hey, do you guys, well, I, I didn't see Saturday Night Live. I just saw online um, Chappelle, the controversy, and I, I saw clips, and a couple of the jokes were funny, so I haven't seen it all in context, you know. Right. So, but uh, I said, what's the story? Uh, that Chappelle, was he good or not, you know? And uh, everyone just looked at me and said, we're confused by it. It was confusing. Well, that's why I said he said both things. Yeah. The part I saw was funny. I don't know. But I don't know about all the... Uh... Uh, Chappelle is funny. Yeah. That's not the problem. But what was he being funny about? And then he went off into this, you know, because he started off, it almost sounded like he was saying Kanye has a problem because he uh -huh. said that. And then all of a sudden it was like, but I have been to Hollywood. Oh, I see. Gotcha. Gotcha. Eh, what the fuck? Well, that's confusing. Well, it's Where having it both ways. Uh, I'm going right. to say it all. <laughs> right, do right. Both sides of the argument. Well, one thing with comedy, you can't, um, in my opinion, you can't uh, be wishy-washy. You got to take a, you got to have an opinion and go with it. You know what I mean? That's the best comedy for me. I just want to know where you stand. And if you're saying that it was like having it both ways, then that's not good comedy to me. Well, that's but. why I said I was devastated. I was sitting there. I was like, this isn't funny. You know, he started off kind of funny. And now this isn't funny. Yeah. And as usual, audiences don't know what to do. It's Dave Chappelle. Should we not laugh? Hey, <laughs> they. That's what I say. World's just become so fucking nutty. All I can tell you is the one glimmer of happiness I had, and I said this earlier, was the elections, or the midterm elections, because I think crazy got voted down for the most part. Yes, there's still crazy. There's still a lot of people voting for crazy. Don't get me wrong, but at the end of the day, I was glad enough Americans stood up and said, you know what? I, I, when somebody, when a poli mainstream politician from one of the two parties gets up and says the elections are fixed with no evidence and they just keep repeating it, doesn't matter 
I don't have any evidence, but I know they're fixed. When I lose, they're fixed. That's when crazy has to. You cannot be a part of a party. I was hearing a statistic this morning. It said 29% of people who voted said the reason they voted was to oppose the pro-Trump candidates because they believe in democracy. That's right. That's why a lot of the crazy lost. And I was glad to see it. I got really nervous with some of this nuttiness. You know, Donald comes out. I won the election. Okay, you got proof? No, I don't. But I mean, I got proof, but we're going to go, you know, but there is no proof. And I don't care. I don't have to play by the rules and I can take documents, you know, all the crazy, you know. And then these other politicians go over and they they start in with the same crazy. Donald Trump won the election. Elections can't be trusted. It's all fake. Fake news. At some point, you got to say, hey, things are getting a little scary. When people are saying no more free elections. That, that fucking guy running for governor somewhere said, if I win, Republicans will never lose in another election. You got to go. That's crazy. That's craziness. Why are they all buying into this? You know, you got to be reasonable no matter what party you're from. So I think crazy lost in the last uh, last week. And I felt good about that. Well, you know, the thing that bothers me a bit is that, you know, Ron DeSantos, he he won big. Santis. Santis, whatever his name is. Uh, I should learn it because he might be president one day. Uh, he won big in Florida. And now they're saying, oh, we should make him the head of the Republican Party because, you know, we can back him. He's got Florida, you know, running like a top and maybe we can win an election with him. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's really anti-abortion. There's not he he go. He might be a good legis you know, like a legislator, an executive. But he has these warped ideas again where he belongs in a woman's life. Yeah, well. I don't know. I just I'm just glad that anybody who denies any election denier cannot go into office because then he doesn't believe in the rights denier. We can elect. No, no, I didn't say that. I'm with you on that. I don't I don't believe the government should be involved in. And by the way, this is a very libertarian viewpoint. I don't think the government should be involved in a woman's decision about her body, about her health. I don't I don't want I don't trust the government to do that. I'll trust my government to do certain things, but not that. It was an old lady who ran, uh, she put out a campaign rap song. I never played this for you, but it's pretty funny. She lost, by the way, thank God. But uh, <laughs> here she, her name is Linda Paulson. She put out a rap song for, uh, there you go. Hey, Utah District 12, listen up right here. There's a new name on the ballot for the Senate this year. My name is Linda Paulson, Republican and awesome. Love God and family and the Constitution. I tried to get another conservative to run. Nobody could do it, so I'm getting it done. I'm pro-religious freedom, pro-life, pro-police. The right to bear arms and the right to free speech. I want less government control and regulation. Want to stop and expose all political corruption. Where's integrity, morality, accountability? Government programs should lead to self-sufficiency. One, two, three, four. Women who get abortions are dirty whores. Hi. I don't know where she stands on the issues. It sounded like she was for everything. Uh. She says she's pro-life. So that means she's for less government, but she wants the government telling you if you can get an abortion. Right. 
Yeah, because that's what I'm saying. One minute it was like less government, pro life. I was like, wait a minute, there's an everything again. Yeah, King of All Blacks, you're on the air in Jersey. Yes, hey, hey, I was. Um, I wanted to talk from an analyzation point with Dave Chappelle's monologue. Okay. Now, I thought it was good. I thought it was funny. He's very, very talented. But what he did was he tried to make Jewish people feel bad because they're powerful. Like, he, he did it in a slick way, which, you know what I'm saying? I have no dog in the fight. But he was saying, like... Here's the reality, so yeah, because I want to correct you before you go on. Some Jews, like some blacks, like some white, white Anglo-Saxon Protestants yeah. are very successful. Some. I, I can point you to many relatives of mine who are not rich people. They struggle as much as anyone else. Um, I didn't grow up rich. I never got invited to a party where we decide what's going to happen. I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. So, when you say well, actually, the Jews are all successful, they—they're not. It's just—it's just bullshit. But also, forgive Ty- Kyrie Irving because you know he—he he plays basketball, and you know him playing basketball won't hurt you. Yeah. Anyway, I don't want to get well, down well, this rabbit hole, but. Uh, And I I don't like commenting on Chappelle because I didn't really see the full thing. I saw some of the jokes, but Robin saw it. I saw it. It was it was good, but I just that was just you know I just I like to analyze stuff that I watch. All right, but but I just want to say this also, Howard. I need my my kid keeps asking me about you, and at this point, my daughter, (laughs) okay, my sixteen year old. She Makes sense. I mean, uh, she's probably like, Dad, why do you keep calling this guy every every minute? So she's probably she curious. asking me to call you. You know what I'm right. saying? And I was like, you know, she 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 needs, she she's up in her room. As soon as she comes home from school, she's an A student. And uh, she's up there writing songs. She done wrote about 30 songs. And yeah, we know. Your daughter's trying to make it as a songwriter. And you keep calling me that I'm supposed to help her out or something. Called you to ask you that? Yes, you did. I would never. Well, you no, you've I had us it. play her singing and yes, stuff like I that. Appreciate it. Yeah, I and I told you that. she was good. I thought she had a good voice. Yeah. Now we need the white man. See that that's the part. No, you don't. <laughs> we do. You can't get nowhere with these niggas. You gotta go. You gotta go to the people in power. Like you know, somebody you don't gotta be big. Dude, I gotta tell you something about how you view the world and how I view the world. I never viewed the world who I gotta go to in power. You know, people look at me. Wow, you're so successful on radio and isn't dude. I was just like everyone else. I was a schlub. I got a job for four dollars an hour at a small radio station. And believe me, uh, everybody rejected me. It's the same old story. You know, you, you guys know the story. It's th- this idea that someone's going to cr- turn her life around or something. Tell her to go out, sing, write music, go where other yeah, songwriters you, are and, and then, and, and play her tapes and, and, and do, uh, uh go out and, and, and play clubs or whatever uh, and the fuck yeah, it is. Yeah, she's got to perform. 
Yeah, you know the path. And then if she's really good and people respond to her music, the man, whether he's white or black or Jewish. No, white, white, white. White, white okay. Yeah. White, you want a white man? Uh, they'll yeah. respond. If, they, if there's something, if there was money to be made on your daughter, some white man will find her. Okay. Uh, the, the man just showed up. Gary's on the screen. What Gary's he, interested what in signing I, your daughter. No, I just want to say, when he said he hasn't asked us for any help, I'm literally looking at an email from June of last year. It says, hey, Gary, I know you're busy, but please, if you know anybody in capital letters that I can contact with regards to my daughter, we would appreciate it. I said, uh, you know, okay, I'll do my best. That's and he a says, nice letter. That's a nice okay, letter. do it for her. You know what I mean? Like, so you did ask yeah, us to help. Because you don't like me. Because you don't like me. So no. separate me out of it. But don't, don't say you is... don't ask us for help when right. you do. Yeah, but I'm not asking for help. I never did. I'm saying. Are you serious? Team. Let me ask you something. Are you serious <laughs> when you tell me would you wouldn't sign if a black manager said he wants to represent no. your daughter? You wouldn't. No. You would not sign with him. No. Why? No, I would. Listen, 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 listen. Here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I I look from experience. I don't just say, oh, that's black. I don't do that. I do it if I observed it already from multiple people. I don't just talk shit half cloth. I'm, Let me I'm ask really you something. Serious. If your daughter, yeah. if we went back in time, if your daughter could be signed by Colonel Tom Parker or Quincy Jones, who would you pick? I would pick. Quincy Jones. He's a what? black man. Yes, but he's been around white people long enough to know how to act. Oh, uh, this is silly. Oh, you wouldn't no, take the white not. guy. You don't know anything about either one. One is black and one is white. You're going with Colonel Tom. No, and no one is. will I, ever hear of your daughter. I'll give you, I'll give you the perfect example. Jewish people and black people make beautiful music together. Business. Oh, you got Def Jam, Rick Rubin, you got a whole host Oh, okay. I got to get out of this. There we go. See, this is the stuff that people occupy themselves with that make the waters murky and you never get to a solution. Someone was telling me a story. King's uh, daughter sang at a man's funeral who was killed. King was recording her singing at the funeral like it was a recital. That's what they told uh, me. He, he, he ruined these people's funeral? <laughs> I don't know that he ruined <laughs> by, it. By upstaging everybody with his recording of his daughter? The man, but you know what? I should have asked him about this. See if you get him you back on the phone. I gotta ask him. You gotta appropriate. You know, yeah. let your daughter you out of your mind? have a moment and impress people. How do you know who was at that funeral? And maybe they got fixated on the king and all of his shenanigans instead of how she was singing. I can picture him charging around like with the recording equipment, you know. Right. You know, putting boom mics around and hitting people <laughs> in the head. Yeah. <laughs> All that. Excuse me. I, uh, I'm recording my daughter. <laughs> Very important work going on here. His daughter happens to have a nice voice. Uh, here's his, this is his uh, daughter, Charlie. Beautiful voice. Very, very good voice. I told him that. 
and we've played it. Now, if there's yeah. somebody out there that wants to run with that, yeah. they know where to go. Did you guys get the king on the phone? No, I know. Okay, we're, we're calling. We're calling right now. All right. <clears throat> uh, Gary clearing his throat <clears throat> so he can talk to the king. <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> I'm told it's ringing as we speak. <clears throat> oh, okay. <clears throat> I, don't, I hope uh, it's a good story. The king I don't got know. busy. Yeah, could you imagine? <laughs> What's he busy with? King spoke to uh, our own Mike Perlman about the funeral story. So <laughs> I don't know. Yes, Christy, you're on the air in Texas. And then I want to play you Flirty Gary. It's a good one. Hello? Hi. Howard. Hey now. Hey now. Hey now. Uh, whoa, whoa. Okay. What can I do for you? So, whoa, yes, whoa. I just want to tell you how much I have a hatred for King of All Garbage. Like, I don't even know why you take his opinion. I, I don't know why you even let him have any time on the air. I cannot stand how much of a Because sometimes he's funny, you know? And, uh... Yeah, there are times that he's kind of funny, but uh, today wasn't one of them. You know, it's potluck <laughs> what you get. Yeah. I can't control Congratulations what... to her for the new name, King of All Garbage. I love that. King of All Dumpsters. I just, I can't stand his point of view. Every time he gets on the phone, I know my, like, brain, I'm losing brain cells slowly. It's just, right. he, he, yeah, he just has, yeah, right. he's a misogynistic coward, and I think that. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Thank you, yeah. Christy. Says uh, she doesn't want to hear King of All Black. Kristen, you're on in New York. Hi, Howard. Love you. Love you, Robin. I have to agree with Christy from Texas, Howard. Ever since that BS he was saying, women love to get beat, I have no need for his opinion on anything. He speaks garbage. It is ridiculous. It's insulting to women, insulting to your wife, uh, Howard, insulting to Robin insulting to every single woman on planet earth and there's no reason to give him any platform on your show any longer and if that's the way he's going to speak on your show howard it's doing a disservice to you and all your viewers you should ban him from the show if he's going to speak like that it's disgusting and he's he's doing a disservice to you and everyone that listens to you it's disgusting it's disgusting. uh king uh kristen says king kristen says you should no, oh, that's not nice. King, not Kristen cool. says you're uh, annoying, you are a sexist. You're a, a sexist, misogynist, is misogynist. what she's saying. Yeah. She and says I'm no black, more. And I'm black. Don't put that in there. So she, she's she didn't say that. that. She didn't, she say, didn't that. say that. She didn't say that. problem with that. Right, right, Kristen? I didn't hear what you said. I'm sorry. Nothing. <laughs> Don't worry about it. All right. Let me just say, you know what? <sighs> no. That, okay, Howard. I'm not annoying. You, I'm just, I'm very intelligent in a certain way, and and mm. and that annoys people. <laughs> it annoys people. I know that. Are you are you a stable genius? <laughs> yes, that's a good term. Yes. What do you want to say, Ralph? To King? 
first of all, he's not that intelligent, and it, it's complete bullshit. Oh, he was begging. The the nickel. Oh, quiet, quiet for a second. Let me speak out the floor. It's bullshit. He was begging for your help. He, you even played his daughter's music one day. You played her song. I mean, how much more promotion can you get? Maybe she's not that good, King. I mean, she was okay, never, but maybe that's why she's not signed. And you should let anybody sign her. You should be happy to have somebody sign her. Idiot. Now, now listen. Now he see he went to name calling. Now I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to stoop that low. Now, right, right. Ralph is the same person that if 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 and, and first of all, I haven't shopped her anywhere. I didn't. She, nobody's heard of Howard played her Howard. music. Howard played her music for like an hour. Come on. Yeah, but you said now. Hang on, hang on. You said if if if, if people heard her and they didn't sign her, that means she's no good. That's what you just said. Now, I'm oh, telling you, said maybe. Listen, listen, I have the floor. I have the floor. Now. <laughs> you, now all right. Listen, listen guys. Is going back and forth. King, what happened no, when no, you, what, on, just tell the, the we just, we called you for the funeral story. What happened? You taped your daughter at a guy's funeral who was killed? No, no, no. Listen, a, 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 a friend of mine owns a, a funeral home and um, he's very successful and, um, and he's black. So. Um, he, he called me and, and, uh, because he heard a song and he said, these people want to pay you to, for your daughter to perform at their funeral because of the song breathe. Okay. And, um, and she performed there and it was, it was, it was unbelievable. It was beautiful. They, and you set up recording fun. equipment there. Excuse me? You set up recording equipment. That was the funny part of the yes. story. Yes, of course. You think I'm not going to film her? I didn't know these people. Oh, this film. Just, you know, <laughs> yeah, I filmed her. It's a I great booking. Her. You know, the funeral home circuit is very hot right now, Robin. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people I, I get, well, that's where a lot of people get their start. Too. Well, the who uh, were discovered in a funeral home. <laughs> but I tell you one thing, you got a captive audience. But I tell you this, too. She, 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 they paid her $1,000. So wow. All right, that's nice. But what my point is with Ralph, now let me come back to Ralph because he speaks with anger. He doesn't speak with criticism, constructive criticism. Don't tell me how I speak. I, I, I just heard you. <laughs> so, All right, you guys, I want to get to flirty, Gary. Thank wait, you. Wait, All right. It's enough. Howard, come on, yeah. Howard. Oh. Uh, come on. I know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I just mention one thing real quick? Uh, Tom Please? Brady is 2-0 and o since the divorce. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> What's your point, Ralph? Well, I'm just saying, he got divorced on like the 28th of October, and he's just winning since. (laughs) (laughs) But he was always winning. I mean, he was was having a tough season this year, yeah. He was on a three-game losing streak. He got divorced, and now he won two games. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Ralph, I I got a bone to pick with you because you're kind of hypocritical. Quickly, I don't have time for this. What? Do you think that new pussy is helping Tom Brady's game? Do you think Tom Brady is fucking now and having fun and therefore he is able to win the games again? I don't think he's, I don't think he's dating. Like he, now he's concentrating on the game. He doesn't have all that Michigas to deal with. You know, he doesn't have like papers to sign and all. He's got that done and now he's going to move on and uh, get to the playoffs. Do you think Tom Brady has fucked anyone since his divorce? No, no. Really? No, I don't think so. I think he has. I think he's fucked. I think he's fucking. 
All I know is that he was in Germany this past. Was that yesterday? Like, this man is an automaton. Like, it's hard to change time zones and play the way he does. And he was great for the German audience. (laughs) That's where, that's actually where his wife is ungrateful. That's the only part that I see where she's ungrateful. The, the lifestyle that he's... I know she had money. All right, here's the big question. Has Giselle fucked anybody since the divorce? No. 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 Yeah. yeah women are different yeah, than men. Come no, on. I, 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 she was out of that marriage. She she, she, she was the one who really wanted out. So. I disagree. I disagree. Although, I'm going to say something, Gary, then I'll give you the floor. Giselle was just photographed with her kids and her new jiu-jitsu instructor boyfriend <laughs> in uh, Costa Rica. Uh-oh. That's what I was going to say. I guess she, she is fucking. I was right. She, yes. <laughs> so maybe she is fucking. I'm not saying she fucked the jujitsu instructor, but, <laughs> but oh, uh, it's possible. Howard, huh, let me just interject this. When a, when a woman is married for that long a time and she has kids, at least uh, one kid is cool, three kids, she becomes vulnerable. I don't care how much money she has, she okay. becomes, she be, in her mind, she gets desperate. So it's the perfect oh time for somebody, uh, for a man to move in because she's at a vulnerable state. So what your like theory is, what you're saying is the jujitsu instructor who probably doesn't make a lot of dough. Because how much money does a jujitsu? Oh, he's making all, a lot of dough now. <laughs> uh, that's what I'm saying. So you think she, yeah, he, he's making jiu-jitsu. But uh, here's the thing. You're saying, your theory is that the instructor is now with Giselle and she's vulnerable because she has three kids and guys see that as baggage. Is that what you're saying? Yes, yes, yes. And he's going to tell her that some guys see this as baggage, but not me. You know what I'm saying? That's bullshit. And By the way, on our phone, uh, I got to I gotta tell you, I, I on our phone is Quincy Jones, who wants to talk about uh, King of All Black's daughter. Signing King of All Black's daughter? Yeah. Mr. Jones, hi. Yes, good morning. How are you, sir? Well, hello there. Hello there, Quincy. Yes, sir. I got to say, you know, your daughter needs a lot of training and singing. And, you know, you know, she's great, but have her come to my studio and I'll help her out. Well, Quincy, Wait a second. Quincy, you Wait a second, Quincy. I'm, uh, I'm de- debating whether this is you or high-pitch Eric. <laughs> debating. Who's high-pitch? I'm Quincy Jones. <laughs> You swear, raise your right hand and swear that you're not high pitch. I'm right hand, and I'm not high pitch. I'm Quincy Jones. All right, all right. So this is the real Quincy Jones. Okay, I'm just making sure. I thought it was high pitch. No, I'm well, listen, Qu- hey Quincy, you let Michael Jackson get away, so you can't be that smart. <laughs> listen, I'm smarter than you are. You're a dumb fuck. <laughs> well, this is getting off to a great start. <laughs> Mr. Jones, is that a way to... You should probably be nice because you want to sign this guy's daughter. You probably shouldn't call him a dumb fuck. <laughs> I apologize. And, 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 and my daughter's not some old bitch. She's 16. So that's, that's a plus right there. She's not 20 oh, years old. Whatever. It's a plus right there. 
get in this business. You well, have let's to hear what, Quincy, what are your plans for the king's daughter? When she turns 17, I'll sign her to a major deal. Hmm. All right. Why 17? Because <laughs> she's still a minor. At 17, she's an adult. Okay. But by the way, Mr. Jones, how do you spell Quincy? <laughs> Q-U-I-N-C-Y. Oh. Wow. All right. Oh, All maybe right, maybe it is, it is the real Quincy Jones. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> how did he, how did he, that's a, I, just, I just thought of this. How did he get that far in the business with the last name Jones? Oh, come you on. Know, All right. Thank you, no, Mr. How, Jones. How, how, listen, listen, listen. All right, I got to go, Kane. How, how, I, I want to play Flirty again. How, can I just put it in the air? If, if anybody just get in touch with me, and also, just let me just say this real quick, Howard. Also, I do a great job on Cameo for the audience. You can look me up at King of All Blacks. I love He's Mike. Mike, um, yeah, Mike Perlman he is here. Anything. He doesn't Mike want anything, Mike well, Perlman is here. What do you want to say, Mike? Excuse Howard, me, sir. I, Howard, I, Cameo too, King of All Blacks. <laughs> I thought you said you were in high pitch. <laughs> <laughs> that money made him turn to high pitch. All right, all right. There's too many fucking people on this phone. Go ahead, Mike. Howard, I, I love King. He's my boy. I uh, I think his daughter's got a beautiful voice. She really does. She has she has this song. I forget. King, what's the song I like? The Breathe song. Um, yeah. Just Breathe. It's a, it's a beautiful this one? song. Here's King's daughter. A lot of intro. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike Perlman fucks hard to this song. Ralph, she says, yeah, 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 yeah. That's like you the, 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 the chorus. <laughs> she sounds like Alicia Keys in that song, Howard. She sounds really good in the chorus. Oh, but, 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 yeah, 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 we yeah. have an Alicia Keys already. We got an Alicia well, Keys. No, but I'm saying. Okay. Young girl. She yeah, was she's just, a young girl developing. Yeah, she's got a beautiful yeah, voice. Yeah, but Howard, I got to tell you, yeah. King sends me this video, right, uh, of his daughter singing. And I, I'm looking at the video, and she sounds beautiful, and she's singing it. But, it's, you know, I could tell it's at a funeral. <laughs> very quiet. Everyone looks very sad. You know, they're putting this guy in the ground. Uh, I said, well, you know, who, what was he? She goes, this is a friend, someone I know who was killed. And, and the, the whole, the whole funeral just looks so very, like, like a funeral would look, you know, everyone's sad, quiet. She's singing beautifully, sounds beautiful. It's outside. It's a nice day. But King's there. And I, I'm thinking, like, I could just see him on the other side, like, of the phone, standing there with his phone, filming this whole thing with, with a big smile on his face and, you know, and uh, dollar signs in his eyes. Yeah. He's like Colonel Tom. I'm telling you. He's, uh, he's, he's very singularly focused. Okay, King. I got to go, Ralph. I got to go. Thank you, Mike. Right, Thank Howard, you. Just one more thing. One more thing. Oh, oh Jesus. Your, your interview, your interview with Bruce Springsteen was, it was just, it was unique than any other interview you've done before. Oh, really? Well, it'll be, it's going to be on, you think? It, it's going to be on HBO on uh, Thanksgiving, uh, 10 o'clock. I didn't even know that. I didn't even know yeah. that. See? Yeah. I'm very excited about it. All right, King. Thank you, Ralph. Oh, wait, uh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, no, King, that's it. That is the last thing. No, no, no. Because I wanted to say. 
He just calls him when he wants something. something. He doesn't listen to the show. You've been talking about it all morning. All right, right, enough. I want to say something to Ralph. All right. All right, let me end the show with this, with Flirty Gary. Get those guys. One more thing. One more thing. One more thing. He he, has 51 more things. Anyway, there's a lot of... um, I didn't even know about this, but this is funny. There's a lot of conservative dating apps. There's a dating app out there for every kind of group of people. You know what I mean? And uh, the aim is to connect people with similar political beliefs. beliefs. And um, the conservative dating app is called The Right Stuff. You get it? Oh, the Right Stuff. Right Stuff, yeah. And they run this promo video where they basically say, it's crazy. They say you're at risk of dating a transgender person if you use a mainstream dating app. So you should use the right stuff, right? So here, I'll give it to you just so you know what I'm talking about. The old ways of dating are dead. Dating's gone digital. And here are your options. Hinge, where you're prompted to add your pronouns and you can be accused of misgendering while trying to flirt. Bumble where you're forced to pledge allegiance to causes you don't believe in, or you have to sort through 33 gender options, or Tinder. Well, see for yourself. I'm a blogger, and I'm transgender. I'm a full-time model, and I identify as male. I'm a DJ and a philanthropist, and I'm a female gender. I'm a makeup artist, cosmetic trainer. I identify as male for now. Now, maybe this works for some of you, and that's fine. But if you're looking for something different, we created an alternative, the right stuff where you're going to meet quality, like-minded people, where the trolls are kept out because it's invite-only, and where you can be yourself openly without beliefs being forced on you. So let's get back to normal. Take a chance and download the right (laughs) stuff today. Yeah, anyway, we heard this and we were loving it. Yes, and Flirty Um, Gary is the man for the job. Oh, my God. And uh, some of these sites are specifically for Trump MAGA supporters. And, you know, we love it. Flirty Gary is uh, Baba Booey's character, his alter ego. He puts on a ridiculous voice. He tries to pick people up on dating sites. The last time we did this, he transformed into Fisty Gary, if you remember that one. I'll never forget it. It was great. He picked up a guy who loves fists up his ass. It was really hardcore. Just as a little was reminder. Giggling like a schoolgirl. They really hit it all. You want to come over and fist my cunt? Mm-hmm. That fucking blown out fucking pussy. They may not be willing to pack the Supreme Court, but I'm sure as hell willing to pack your ass with my fist. Please, it's fucking hot. I'm beating my dick right now. I'm fisting myself right now. Oh hell yeah! Fist that whole boy. Uh, you hear that? Oh shit! Put your fucking hand in my guts. Fuck. My asshole is so wet for you. Keep talking about that meat. You gonna come for me? I'm getting close. Keep going. Oh, you like that? Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Just imagine my asshole sliding down your fucking biceps. Ooh, I'm gonna come, baby. Come on. Blow it on my fucking guts. It's coming. It's coming. Oh, fucking shit, good. boy. I'm about oh, to ski. Yeah, blow it right all over my fucking guts. All over my cunt. Ski! 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 I tried to get HBO to air that call. They wouldn't do it. <laughs> Only just the Bruce interview. <laughs> Wanted that as a you little... You couldn't sell that as a package? <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, that is the MAGA dating site's worst nightmare. They don't want any of that nonsense. So no. for this new call, 
we changed his name from Flirty Gary to Flirty Maga Gary. <laughs> and we signed him up for a Trump-friendly dating site. And uh, it wasn't too long before he found a lady with similar political views. Uh-huh. And even with all his corny lines, they hit it off. And, and you know what? I shouldn't even I say they... I didn't know this would work on a, a far-right dating site. Oh, my God. Site. Gary and this woman, I'm not bullshitting you. We cut it down. They talk for over two hours. Get out of here. What's Gary up to? He should have fact, more to do. I know. <laughs> I know. I got angry, even though this is funny. <laughs> and uh, there was so much content, we split it up into two calls. I'll give you part one, and if you like it, I'll wow. give you part two. Yeah. It got pretty heavy. Here we go. Hello. Hey, Mama. Oh, Mama. This is Gary, but my conservative friends call me Flirty G. That doesn't sound too conservative. conservative. All I know is ever since I've gone MAGA, the ladies go gaga. You feel me? Yeah. <laughs> okay. In fact, your voice is kind of MAGA me horny. Horny. <laughs> you MAGA me horny, baby. For real? Me so horny. Well, shit, girl. If you're into Trump, then baby... Let's hump. You know what? I respect him. My other favorite is uh, was Reagan. Damn. If you like the Gipper, come on, do this zipper. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Trump, everybody thinks, oh, a millionaire, you know, casino, blah, blah, blah. He did a good job. Right, right. I think if he ran again, he would win again. Full shizzle. I love D. Trizzle. You know, he, he was a very sexy man at one time, too. For real? Yes, he's got he's got fuck me eyes. That's so hot. Sexiest fucking eyes you've ever seen. He's got those eyes. Fuck me eyes. As long as you ain't voting Biden, my dick won't be hiding. Biden should have retired 20 years ago. For sure. Let's go, Brandon. And by Brandon, I mean let's have sloppy, unprotected sex in my 4x4. Four four. Yeah, my I've had three trucks, and they've all been uh, christened. Shit, boo. That's bussin'. See, I'm I'm little enough to to fuck a guy when we're driving. By the way, I'm little. When I say I'm into MAGA, I mean making anal great again. Oh, there now you're talking. I'm into lower taxes and big fat asses. That's my best asset. Shit, for real? There's not a one person that I met a man that didn't tell me I had the nicest ass he's ever seen. I like a girl that's fiscally conservative and anally liberal. <laughs> oh Ooh, boy. I hope Trump does build that wall so I could fuck you up against it. <laughs> yeah. Build that wall, baby. Build that wall. Build that build wall. Build that wall, baby. Build that wall. Is your booty the head of a Capitol Police officer? No. Because I want to smash it. <laughs> oh my, my, my. You know when they shouted, hang Mike Pence? You're going to be shouting, hung flirty Gary, when you see this dick. <laughs> Say it with me. Hung flirty Gary. Hung flirty Gary. Hung flirty Gary. Hung flirty Gary. Tell me that dick, Gary. <laughs> You're nastier than Hunter Biden's laptop. Oh, honey, Jersey girls are nasty. Then let's pretend my dick is a caravan of illegals and your ass is the southern border. Because I'm coming on through. <laughs> what do you think about all these illegal caravans? They tripping, right? They they all should be alleviated. They should be strung up by their toes, by their toenails. Shit, girl. That's so hot. You don't live here. 
This isn't yours, oh, yeah. motherfucker. Keep on slamming them illegal. <laughs> Hang them by their balls in the boats and ship them back to Mexico. Damn, girl. You in beast mode. I'm very blind. I, I say and do things like I see it. Fuck. Unbelievable, huh? He really, uh, you know, you, I, whenever I hear these, I always think, well, they're going to hang up on him in two seconds. Yeah, but these yeah. women are turned on by flirty Gary. <clears throat> what is going on? I can't. He he cuts across every political spectrum, <clears throat> every sexual spe- spectrum. It's just crazy. He would have gotten laid at the Capitol riot like <clears throat> no one's business. Are you kidding? He should have been following Trump around the country. He would have had, like, you know, uh, Nick Cannon kind of numbers of babies by now. (laughs) In fact, after this call, Mary moved out, and this is Lucas and Jackson's new mommy. Uh, (laughs) Gary told me he had to throw everyone out of the house, his entire family, to make this call because it just gets too embarrassing. Like, Yeah, he doesn't want anybody to hear what he's saying. For real, though, he did. He, he, right, Gary? You kicked everyone out and said, I got to go make this call. And uh, and then you made the call and then they came back. So here's what happened. So you, you played Fisty Gary. So I did Fisty Gary. Now I'm not, I'm at home. I'm not in a soundproof booth. So even what you're just playing, like I'm coming. I'm like, Oh, Oh, skeet, skeet, you know, making all these fucking noises. So afterwards I came out, Mary goes, you know, we heard all of that. And I'm like, Hey, what do you want me to do? This is what I do for a living. So Lucas goes, he goes, dad, that was really fucking disturbing. What was going on in there? So when I made this, when I did this call, I said to Lucas, who was here with his girlfriend and I said, like, heads up, man. Like, I'm going to be making this call. So they went to Dunkin' Donuts and Mary went and walked the dog for two hours. <laughs> How did they know when it was uh, safe to come home? They text me. I, not yet. Don't come home yet. <laughs> I'm texting back. Didn't you say your son said, I don't need to be around for that. I'll be somewhere else. Yeah, he goes, I don't need to hear that, is what he said. Right. Well, you're traumatizing your son, Gary. I mean, yeah, you're going, right, though. I'm uh, thinking like if, uh, I, uh, if I if I heard my dad doing that, I'd probably leave the house. You're right. Yeah. Anyway, you want to hear part two, or do you want to wait till tomorrow? <clears throat> wow. I mean, this has a conclusion because we're left yeah. sort of with a cliffhanger. Like they're in All the right. middle of this big bonding session. All right. Well, Gary continued on. Part two picks up immediately where part one left off with our two MAGA lovebirds bonding over Trump. Here you go. Are you Attorney General Merrick Garland? Because <laughs> no. you're conducting a senseless and unprecedented raid on my heart. I, I was very mad about that. Yeah, that raid was pretty whack. First of all, his presidency is over, okay? Uh-huh. So why are you doing this to this poor guy now? Invading his privacy, his home. Oh, show. Leave him alone. Yo, can I kick some rhymes for you? I love me some rap. Sure, go ahead. When you're with 30G, it's a place to be. Because I'm against <laughs> aborting the babies. And I love freedom and liberty. So come on, mama, and maga with me. me, me, me. <laughs> Fuck Biden. Fuck Biden. Fuck go Biden. Brandon. Go Brandon. Let's go, go Trump. Brandon. Go Trump. Go Trump. It's your birthday. It's your birthday. You're a really good rapper. I love that. Damn. Thanks, Mama. Gary, you got me blushing, man. Why is that, girl? Sexy voice. Sexy voice. Motherfucking sexy voice. Call me Joe Biden's approval rating, because I'd go down on you every day. You better get knee pads. Oh, yeah? Get on your knees, bitch, and lick my twig. Shit. <laughs> Lucky for you, 
I'm into better trade deals with China and licking your vagina. <laughs> I'll make that pussy drip like Rudy Giuliani's hair dye. Drip, drip, drip in your mouth. Drip, 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 drip. <laughs> I'm so patriotic, I want that snatch balder than an American eagle. Yeah, I gotcha. My snatch is, is smoother than a baby's ass. I may not like Hunter, but I sure love your cunter. <laughs> <laughs> My cunt is juicier than your burger last night. Mm, it will be on girl. your platter tonight for dinner. Quick, you be Joe Biden, and I'll be the Constitution. Then you can take a giant shit on my chest. You know what? You feel me? Constitution stands for stuff. People are starting to forget that. And I don't like the fact that they're taking the the statues down and, and the flags. And right, right. I, I'm hating it. I am absolutely... You know, that's what this country is built on. Mm -hmm. And our, our, the next generations aren't going to know it. Fucking stupid. They're retarded. I got to tell you, Mama, I'm very taken by this telephone conversation. Well, I am too. Your voice got me. I haven't thought of a guy this way in a long time. Shit, boo. You maga me teary-eyed. But your voice, very sexy, dude. Very, very sexy. Got me there. Got me there. Anyway, Mama, I got to be off to a rally, and my tiki torch is starting to melt. Gary, it's been nice talking to you. I had a great time. Bye-bye, Shorty. Bye, Shorty G. And say with me one more time, fuck Joe Biden. <laughs> fuck Joe Biden. Flirty G out. Take it easy, baby. Wow. Wow. He's, uh, he's amazing. He wins the ladies over like, like nobody's business. <clears throat> I mean, I love how love. he could get her back to the sex after like one of those political diatribes she'd go on. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, that guys are single minded. <laughs> True love between two horrible people, but there you go. I mean, the well, the Constitution stands for something. Yeah, baby, let me go down on you. Oh, please lick my clit. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, well, anyway, there you go. Flirty Gary is now MAGA Gary, and he did really well on the website. Uh, he got. I can't <laughs> wait for more. How many more uh, women can he turn on? She didn't oh seem so conservative about sex. No, no, no. I like I like her whole attitude. <laughs> I don't know. I, I might have to go on that MAGA we uh, dating service. <laughs> Meet hot chicks. Uh, okay, well, there you go. Uh, tomorrow, Quentin Tarantino will drop by, talk about what he's been up to. He wrote a book, and Wednesday, Neil Young's got a new album. He was going to come on our show and talk a little bit. Yay! Awesome. Yeah, very excited about that. Can't wait and for both of those things to me happen. Me too. Me too. I'm all excited. Look at me. And I should, yes. Look for that new Bruce Springsteen interview. On HBO on Thanksgiving. That's uh, right. That's right. Thanksgiving. Right after White Lotus. The premiere of White Lotus. Big night. Big night. Big night. We don't know what to do with ourselves. Well, I'm out of juice.